0: Dun, 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 dun. Boom. Boom. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to season four, The Wicked Years. I'm Tara. And I'm MK.
1: And we are your hosts of Down the Yellow Brick Pod, a Technicolor Pod Squad community devoted to preserving and peeling back the curtain on the wonderful world of Oz.
0: This season, though, we have developed an allergy for water, but definitely not one for high broom belting because we are deep diving with Gregory Maguire's 1995 revisionist exploration, unveiling a corrupt land of Oz in Wicked, the life and times of the Wicked Witch of the West, including the subsequent series to follow, and of course
1: the 2003 blockbuster Broadway musical of the same name, currently being adapted into a two-part film for release in November 2024. Do you know about it? Consider this your
0: Green Girl prerequisite course to soothe the long, long waits.
1: Off the pod, feel free to follow our Insta at Down the Yellow Brick Pod for a visual companion, as well as our Patreon Pod Squad, where we continue the escapism and entertainment with a range of bonus content, including exclusive episodes, musical covers monthly hangs and behind the scenes vlogs.
0: as a community funded podcast our patrons are truly our backbone our people so consider joining our rainbow of a pod squad today more perks and live events coming soon patrons are the first to know now
1: may the world of oz continue to be a bewitching escape in bewildering years nostalgic and nuanced and a magical refuge where two gals living in New York City can defy gravity with wonders like you.
0: Ain't no one gonna bring us down, baby. Glinda, why does wickedness happen? Can you answer that? i okay. <laughs> Is
1: it thrust upon us?
0: <laughs> i actually have um a different question for you this this um it's not morning it's a friday afternoon but it feels like we don't morning. know um <laughs> we don't know what time it is chaos has ensued and and getting us to what else gather is new? and for today what else is new but i have not a question from someone in the ensemble someone in the crowd i think as it says in the script Someone in the crowd, <laughs> random. I have a different question for you to start us in our first Wicked scene, which will yeah! include No One warns the Wicked and, well, I guess I did out of order, Good News and to No One Mourns Good news. the Wicked. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Okay. Right. We're going to check in with Stephen Ramis this morning. He is our okay. musical supervisor of Wicked. Mm-hmm, um, and he mm-hmm. has taken part in many aspects of the preparation of this musical, such as casting, Choosing orchestra members, rehearsing the chorus. Like, he is responsible for a lot. And mm-hmm. he believes this. And I want to hear if you agree or disagree. Okay. Okay. Of the show's roles, he believes that Alphaba is the most challenging to sing. It is also the hardest role to cast because it requires considerable acting ability. He has found it easier to cast Galinda, but she must be more than a funny soprano who can belt, because the character becomes more complex as the show progresses. Agree or disagree? Oh. Is she harder to cast, or is Alphaba harder oh. to cast? What would you? What would your thoughts be?
1: I agree with him. I personally think Alphaba is harder is a a more difficult role, in my opinion, and a harder sing because, and from what I've heard from actresses who have played her, it's not even some of the like belting and where it sits vocally, but it's all this like shouting and very intense, Mm -hmm. like guttural screams and yells and the power and even just your dialogue, which I think makes it hard to do eight times a week. Whereas Glinda, obviously she's up in the stratosphere. Kristen Chenoweth and then also as a pop belter but I think she has a little bit less to do so I think Alphabet is a more challenging role to play as far as casting I can I just give a hot take yeah (laughs) am I allowed yeah (laughs) I don't always love the Glindas um and I say that like with no shade because I also think if I were to play Elfava, if I were to play Glinda, it would be harder for me than to play Elphaba. I and that's okay. just my thought for myself because number one, it's cliche, but like we really do have this role that was basically <laughs> written around a very specific, unique performer, Christian Chenoweth, and I yeah, think so much genius. of her, so much of her isms are in this role that it's hard to get it out of your head. And it's hard when you have people who have been waiting their whole life to see wicked and they've heard the cast recording and they want it done that way. I'm sure it gets in your head. Um, And I also think the humor is hard to get right because so I guess I agree. I agree because she does go through quite an arc and becomes more dramatic as the show goes on. And there's also so much going on behind the scenes. I think Sentman talked about this of like, yeah. The very first scene that we're going to get into. Yeah. Sent men, the podcast, the very first scene that we're about to get into, basically Glinda has to like start the show at the end of the show. Yeah. Cause this is, Last you know, five years. And she has, yeah. she has like so much internally going on. And even just with coachings I've had it's on masked. this material, yeah. it's, it's masked and that there's like a double performance going on. And so I think that's really tricky her subtext. On top of all is... the humor, yeah. So I agree. Her subtext I, is I agree. Very Long story short.
0: Yeah. I what think, do you think? I think it's equal. I really think it's equal. I think Alphaba is more clearly written, I think, in the scripts. And like is yeah, I feel like if you just have a solid, honest actor. You've got it. Like ex- of course the mm-hmm. vocals are absolutely like Olympian in the- in this yeah. war. Um like that is just I mean but that's like all Broadway shows now. Like this is not any different that's, than most yeah, of the shows. That's yeah, it's it's par for the course. I say now. Elphaba's up there. She's up there in, like big sings. Um like iconic big mm-hmm. sings. She's definitely one of the top I would say. Um yeah, yeah like I I think Glinda because Kristen like put like basically the lines were written for Kristen where like that's not so much the case for Idina, or like you know right. it was the lines okay here's what it is the lines were mm-hmm. written for Alphaba, the lines were written for Kristen
1: yeah that's you know what I mean it
0: is. the yes. stuff like that's I... that's like I think the difference like when they were you know in mid-writing and all, all the stuff while they were in workshops and like really trying to um, uplift these two actors they ended up casting. So that's yeah. what, I I think it is equal. I really do think that it's hard to find. Well, I think it's a little on them too. I, I've heard different things <laughs> on like what you're allowed to do too. Like right. if you're mm-hmm. allowed to take things in different ways, because it is like Wicked is a time clock dragon machine, you know, like we're going to get yeah. into that in a little right. bit. So <laughs> Yeah, I would say I'm complex on Uh, this one.
1: I agree. There's a little bit of both. Because I I was also thinking like, oh, so much of Kristen's soprano is in there. Or Glinda's soprano is in there because Kristen wanted to sing some soprano notes. But it's also the same Idina, you know, taking up, as we talked about last episode, like, oh, I want to take this up the octave. And they're like, sure. You know, so, so much of it is centered around both of them. So I'm complex as
0: well. I think what we can end on for this moment is replacement casting is hard. It just is. Yeah. And that's like yeah. what this is eventually, like, you know, all the time now they're just consistently doing replacement casting. Um, I think with the film, we yeah. can expect maybe some different ways of doing things. Cause it is like a completely new interpretation of the musical while honoring what has been done on stage. But now they get to open up to a 360 view, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's just replacement casting is tricky. It depends on like what the creatives who are, and all the associates who are currently in the room and making this happen, what they're saying yes and no to. Um, yeah. They want like a clean score saying, or if they're wanting like Alphabet to take vocal liberties or if they're want you know, like it all depends too on, it's like paint by numbers, right? Like if, the, how much is paint by numbers and how much is, Open to the actor reinterpreting. I actually don't know, and mm-hmm. I'd actually love to talk to an associate on the show. Like, what is the freedom for the actor? Yeah, yeah.
1: I think it's all. It's also so hard in such a long running show, too. Yes,
0: I've watched you some know what works. this opening moment of this opening moment that yeah. we talk about, and there are some, yeah, like that. I'm like, oh, that doesn't work. Like, it's just like, yeah, oh, I hear you trying to sound like Kristen. Like, it's just, uh-huh. but it's like, what else are you doing? Like, it's so hard. What are you doing? Like, yeah.
1: yeah. No, it's I tricky. saw some moments right. surprised me. I was like, ooh, okay. And I do, I feel a little bad that I said that I don't always like, I don't know if that's the right way to say but it. It's
0: hard. No, like, is a hard character to fully get behind, like, just in okay. general. I don't think it's the actor. Because I don't it. want like, any disrespect. <laughs> No, of, of course. Goodness, like these just... actresses who have played the, these roles professionally are insanely talented. There's yes, no way yes. that's. Not I think just it's a just, given. just <laughs> a hard. It's a hard role. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. All right. Well. Okay. Don. 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 <laughs> I know. Literally. <laughs> Woohoo.
1: Can you believe we're here, Tara? I feel like this is a moment we've been waiting for all our lives.
0: Lord, I'm, like, I'm like absolutely disgusting in this moment. Like just like a little piece of trash. Oh my gosh. Recording. Sweating. Oh my, my gosh. Oh, this humidity. Sweating my, my tushy off. Her tushy. So no here we are. <laughs> my tushy off. I mean, off. we
1: love <laughs> a mid July day in New York City. Who doesn't? Ugh. Oh my gosh.
0: She says yes, with sarcasm. welcome back.
1: <laughs> welcome back. Well, we are elated to be bringing back our bullets. So uh, the scene we're covering today is the very tippity top of the show through um, good news, through that whole little scene, and then No One Mourns the so Wicked, and we're ending right at the end of that song.
0: And it's not called an overture. I forget what I read somewhere in the Wicked mm. musical biography book by Paul R. Lard, I believe oh, yeah? he called it something, he had another term term for it, and I will see if it pops up, because it is not an overture. It is like a it's little. It's not an overture. It's like an intro. Yeah. It's like it a setting be, the tone. Like a prologue no. type idea? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Do you want to do yeah. bullets first? Or do you okay.
1: I'll go first. Okay. I bet you know how I'm going to start it. I feel like this is the only way to start it. Dun 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 dun! It's, it's so epic. So iconic. It's, it's so, good. so good. A huge time clock dragon steams and sputters side to side <gasps> to the delight of audiences. I'm breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's what to I was like. Do I break the audiences. fourth wall? <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm going to. I'm going to break it. What is it this throughout. dragon? Yeah, what is this? What What's going on? As a map glows green, covering the stage, Ooh. and energetic monkeys descend onto the stage, beating their chests as we hear, Unlimited! in the orchestra, and transition to see a group of Edwardian-inspired, dressed Ozians, with a green oh, shadow of a witch. Thank you, Grimmery. I'll talk about it. <laughs> with a green... <laughs> I didn't honest. come up with that i lost on their costumes
0: me. we will talk about okay I'm well, lost yeah on we'll chat costumes.
1: we'll chat oh i got you with the green shadow of a witch rising in the background the citizens cheering and waving streamers as they sing news, she's dead bullet point number two descending in her bubble from the sky a blue ball gown clad glinda says it's good to see me isn't it and sings of their collective rejoicifying retelling of the melting of the wicked witch by a bucket of water transitioning into no one mourns the wicked glinda steps off her bubble and meets her adoring fans bullet point number three the citizens of Oz discuss the nature of wickedness as a reenactment of the wicked witch's birth takes place. With the husband and wife saying goodbye to one another as the wife soon does the nasty with the mysterious man dressed in green, holding a green elixir as vaudevillian music underscores. And a green baby is soon born to the shock and horror of everyone, including a hysterical midwife whom I love. The father, especially reeling from his horror, the Ozian citizens and Glinda singing in her highest register as she ascends once again over the stage in her bubble, all proclaiming that the wicked die alone. Meanwhile, the foggy stage floor glows green as once again a shadow of the witch appears ominously behind them.
0: You talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> you talking about me, Riz? What's that shadow saying? You talking about me? <laughs> talking about me, Riz? I love all I like thinking that all the citizens are Gregory Maguire like be like what is (laughs) it?
1: we are the collective energy of Gregory Maguire
0: (laughs) excellent job okay I have to say I'm going to take pride in these bullets we know we always usually like we always kind of give jabs at our bullets, but I'm gonna take pride because I wrote them so fast. Y'all, just to presents, I'm coming off of a road trip that ended at 3 a.m. <laughs> this morning and um I'm on very little sleep and like we had to go through like crazy thunderstorms. So my body is like just detensifying. I'll use a wicked word. Detensifying.
1: detensifying. <laughs> I love the As idea deten- of a vacation ending at 3 a.m. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it ended at 3 a.m. It's-
0: it's absolutely insane what we did, but you know what? We saved a buck, did it. So here we go. And <laughs> but I'm proud that's of what myself. I wrote do. these bolts in 15 minutes. It's not how this girl operates. I'm a slow writer. I'm proud of so you. Go. You're pulling an MK. Blow point. <laughs> I'm playing an MK. Bullet point number one. An emerald city burns bright on a sepia-toned map of Oz as our show curtain, soon to come undone as the first now iconic epic chords of the mini overture transport us to another world where we can see... The man, well, the monkey is behind the curtain, manipulating a ferocious mechanical dragon like a maleficent marionette. As we see the pulleys pull and the wheels turn. And soon they are gone as a tableau of Ozians. <laughs> like steampunk Ozians. Steampunk. Time. They're not really steampunk. They are giving no. me like train conductors going to a tea party. That is what they're giving okay. me. Okay. Oh, I like that. Okay. Bullet point number two. They proclaim, good news, she's dead, no ding-dongs necessary, and celebrate their enemy's demise as more machinery is revealed. This time, a familiar bubble with a Disney Cinderella at the ball blue meets MGM Billy Burke greeting the public as it is, in fact, the icon Galinda glinda now because we're starting at the end giving an iconic entrance especially coming back from the pandemic and old school soprano lilts and more princess than witch as she confirms the rejoicifying news the wicked witch of the west is dead and answers the crowd's question of why does wickedness happen with more questions leading to the condemned witch's backstory bullet point number three we mm. learned she had a father and a mother as so many do a family with secrets her mother having a drugged affair born into the world quote unnaturally green to the horror of her father which makes both the crowd and glinda question if they maybe do a little teeny bit mourn the wicked End bullets <laughs> i love I it mean, this
1: I mean, scene it's is a great fantastic. start. It's a great start. It is a fantastic start
0: to a musical. Shall There's we a talk a little on? bit about the musical structure? Since this is mostly music with like interspersed dialogue happening, but everything is pretty much underscored. It just moves really, really fluidly. It also feels, right. the, the tone of this is so unique. Like I know mm-hmm. that Stephen Schwartz has a lot of like, German opera influences coming into this, which is with like the pop rock flavor on top of it. Like it's such an interesting sound. Like it's hard to like describe this because now, you know, when something's iconic when you're like, oh, it sounds like wicked. Like I can't describe it other than like by what it is. Like, I don't know how to describe Mm -hmm. it, but it is like, Mm -hmm. it's so, you feel like you're in a jungle at moments with it. Like you feel (laughs) right. Like you're, it feels like you're gonna go it's, on a log flume into a dark like. It's like a mixture of moments.
1: like Disney World ride with yes. medieval chant. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, um, like Stephen Arima your your guy. Yeah, he actually describes he's yeah, my Schwartz's, guy. Okay, your guy. <laughs> where we started the episode, he describes Schwartz's wicked sound as combining. Quote, the grandiosity of the Big MGM musical with pop and otherworldly yes. elements. I liked that See, like, combination. What does that
0: mean? Yeah, like I love that. I know, I don't know. Otherworldly. I don't know, has, <laughs> I don't know what yeah, that Yeah, like it has like an undefinable quality to it.
1: Um, yeah. This is yeah. from
0: Ryan Bunch in his book, Ozzy Musical. Wicked mixes styles and genres in musical theater to speak to contemporary audiences and invite their participation. In this mix of influences, Wicked's performances combine intense feeling with critical irony. I mean, that is a complicated thing to do. And this is very, very true. Wicked includes includes elements of both mega musical and musical comedy. I mean, also just to note this. Phantom of the Opera has the chandelier. Miss Saigon has the helicopter. Cats has that wackadoo tire ascending to the heavy side. I love there. that tire. And <laughs> Wicked has the time clock dragon. Like they even have these iconic pieces of set that dominate yeah. their space. So the audience just sees And are there the whole oh. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the quickest connection to the piece. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it says here, like a mega musical, it has an epic story, a technological spectacle, like we just said, international replica productions. Yes, global marketability, a broadly appealing pop score and universalizing themes in its treatment of social tolerance. Mm. Wow.
1: That's a lot to fit into a musical.
0: <laughs> also to note this, we've talked about this, but this gives a little bit more of the like score scholastic approach to it we have definitely come to this Wicked can also be seen as an influential entry into an emergent genre of young adult musicals like YA musicals have you ever thought about that? YA musicals musicals. (laughs) Wicked is totally a YA musical it's true I mean you could
1: definitely see it as a kid I love YA yes yeah yeah but some of it might go over your head and then maybe as a young adult or you know a young preteenish because that's really young. YA YA is, is like, like I think
0: YA is 14 like that is the prime okay. age of YA
1: 14 like okay you're 14. like I'm a yeah.
0: teenager okay I know I know um, things yeah like I yeah yeah teens, I'm coming and, into my yeah. own mm-hmm.
1: okay, college students, where then you're like oh, even oh, wow mix. yeah it makes you think about these concepts a lot deeper
0: well, here's what it says. Combining the conventions of girls' stories with those of the American musical, Wicked addresses political and social matters of concern to young people, specifically girls and young women in contemporary U.S. society. In this respect, Wicked resembles teen and youth fantasies like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Ooh. and The Craft. For is a bulk connection today that use magic, witchcraft, Love and that. girl power to explore young people's relationships to other adults, their peers, and social institutions. In turn, Wicked's success may have led to the trend of adopting such girls' films as Clueless, which did get a musical in 2018 off-Broadway, Legally Blonde, which became a mega success in 2007, Heathers, which also happened off-Broadway in 2013, and of course Mean Girls, which would happen on Broadway in 2018. Wicked's recognizable Yay! girl story conventions serve as both emotional hooks and winks to the audience. Cool. I think I that's that. cool that it like started a trend. I mean, Frozen would not exist without Wicked, right? It would not. I
1: know, and I'm a big Steve that. Narimus fan. I gotta say because he's done like every musical ever Isn't that
0: everything? we love. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. Love that. All right, let's talk about. Let's keep talking about this music.
1: The music. So the the show, obviously, as you said, I'm very curious what word was used to describe this, like. It's not an overture, but there are themes of I'm gonna find more like <laughs> motifs. <I'll find> it. <laughs> motifs
0: of I'll find it. other bits
1: of songs like in that little beginning. Oh I got it. I literally uh, turned uh, right to it. it. Oh you did, you turned to it? Uh-huh. Of course we you did have I'm an proud of
0: Instrumental you. opening. Instrumental opening. Instrumental <laughs> opening. Okay. Right, because it's not a full overture. Yeah, it says an extended introduction to No One Mourns the Wicked rather than a traditional overture. So an instrumental opening is the official term.
1: (laughs) Right, because I I guess technically, because the first good news is sort of its own thing, but it's not called good news, right? It's just opening. In my script, it says, number one, opening. And then it transitions into song number two, No One Mourns the Wicked. Correct. So that's kind of interesting. There's like
0: two little Correct. things happening here. Correct. Yeah. The opening material involves two full statements of the wicket. Is it motive or motif? Because it's spelled here. It feels it's, like it should be. Motive. So,
1: okay. So Tara voice message me, or no, you texted me. You're like, how do you say motive? And how do you say motif? Because you were, you were like, you, it sounded like sure it should be motif. motif. I think he means motif. I looked it up. Nerd. And basically I think it's either one, but it's, should be motif.
0: Okay. I would say, I'm yeah, just going to say, motif, this is Paul. This is Paul in a musical biography. Motive. Which I okay. Think. I will say motif. Cause that feels, that feels correct. But um, our musical nerds and geniuses come at us. Like we're here yeah, to always be learning. And it expanding. basically means like, like
1: I- a recurring phrase of a musical idea. Okay. That gets kind of so like the open material.
0: Got you. It involves two full statements of the wicked motif built over a pedal A, which is descending to E on the fourth beat in the second measure. I mean, this is about, this goes over my head a little gets, It gets, it gets very detailed. Yeah. Heard in a number of bass instruments. We won't present this presence this for everything, but it's cool just to hear some of like what is going on, like the bass pedal being pressed down, all of this is happening. Um, this is pretty cool. And what is introduced quickly in this little um, instrumental opening is the rapid 16th notes in the high instruments that later underscore the release of the flying monkeys in the second act. And the monkeys, of course, in the staging right now are the ones who are bringing us into this story. And I'll, um, I have questions about this, which we'll get into when we're breaking down the scene. Like the monkeys are the first characters we see, which I find to be fascinating. That is pretty In like shadows. It's pretty interesting. So I would love to chat about that in a little bit. But what I think is really, really cool here. Um, oh, it's also, this is called the, wait, the long chords accompanying this are unrelated added tone triads. And the frenetic rhyth- rhythmic pattern in the drums is identified as monkey's groove. <laughs> I love that. Monkey's groove. Um, this is Yeah, the monkeys on the stage are turning the crank of the clock of the time dragon. And this is not anywhere in the script, which is fascinating to me that this staging is not... This is what I'm seeing they're saying by not including the monkeys in the instrumental opening by not including that in the script they're saying that this is really truly a directorial choice that is not a suggestion to your staging, which I think that's interesting. So you okay. could think about maybe opening this in a different way, I guess, if there ever are to be different interpretations, which there are across the globe. We do have some non-replica productions of Wicked out there, but not yeah. anywhere in America. Those are called no. cease and assist. That's what those are cease
1: called. Cease and desist! <laughs>
0: <laughs> those cannot happen. AKA
1: what uh, I do same. in my apartment every day.
0: <laughs> yeah, cease and desist. <laughs> um, and then this is when we get the, the first iconic... Alphabet's unlimited. Um, do you want to talk about this? Yeah. Because, like a little bit of the breakdown of what this is. This is pretty well known um by die fans of what's going on here. Yeah.
1: So basically do 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 six notes? Is it six mm-hmm. notes? So I think there's this, I could be lying, but I think there is something with um songwriting where you're only allowed to steal up to like six or seven notes of someone else's melody before it's like you're going to get in trouble. Does that make sense? I I, I, This is something I've, this is something I've heard. So Mm -hmm. unlimited. Da da da. So basically Stephen took the same pitches from over the rainbow. Da, Mm Da da da. Da. I'm like trying to hear them both in my head, but basically, unlimited somewhere over, yeah, right. Um, I yes, think it actually cycles like, right. a little it's, bit beyond that. Yeah,
0: um, so you hear says, a little bit
1: of that, which is so cool.
0: It says in the biography of Wicked the first six notes, but I don't know if I'm hearing all six. Unlimited like I know it has to do the the fall off too.
1: I hear seven.
0: I hear seven. Interesting. This is up for debate. So maybe okay. it's
1: maybe it's and, up to seven.
0: And yeah, Schwartz changed the rhythm and the yeah. harmonic context and finished the phrase with his own material. So that kind of keeps him in the safe, I'm making a safe nod at this <laughs> iconic song it's safe from nod, the MGM movie, which also like yeah. really connects us back to Gregory Maguire's book. Gregory Maguire definitely has Alphaba singing. Over the Rainbow yeah, in Oz, which yeah. is fascinating, like something I was not expecting to see in the actual <sighs> text is that Alphabet actually sings in the book, sings, which like, right. I would like to talk to Steven Schwartz about that if we ever interview him of being like, when you read that part in the book, was that the part that your mind exploded at? Like, did right, that right. just help you see this as a musical or what did it happen before that it happened? You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Schwartz merely plants the seed of this theme, the unlimited theme, here, because he soon interrupts it with rapid rising material that leads into moderate two, fanfare. So these three measures of bitonal material on C&E introduce the choral entrances on Good News, she's dead. And that's the first actual spoken lyrics we get to hear in this piece. And it passes through B and D major before Glinda's bubble appears. Now Okay, this is really cool. Her first song material is angular and introduces the public Glinda as a soprano. I love this. The public Glinda. Because we're going to learn only later when she that. She speaks to a yeah, people. Yeah. Her closed door persona is a little bit more sassy belt and like growly and a little, yeah like, yeah, like a little more bubblegum <laughs> pop. Yeah, which is so fun. Um, yeah, that's very cool. I love that so much. And this also really is just like, a showcase for Kristen Chenoweth's like wonderful range. Oh, yeah, She, she literally has. came
1: up to him and was like, um, I want to sing my soprano stuff. And he was like, Oh, okay. And I think he really struggled at first to find where he was going to do that. And then, yeah, this idea of it when she's out. to the public.
0: Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Private Glinda belts, private Glinda belts, public. Glinda <laughs> says, <laughs> she says, if I loved you only please. Paracel. Thank you. Yeah. She scores to an A during this first solo. So that's, that's like, that's wild. Okay. We've got
1: Christine Phantom of the Opera note.
0: Yes. Like we are up there, honey. Oh, this actually is interesting. The rhythm of the wicked motif occurs at the end of the opening over a D sharp pedal. So there's a little dissonance being created in the music as Glinda describes the circumstances of Elphaba's death. So there's a little bit more tension being added in, um, it's so the music is so layered. That's what's so cool. Like you can peel behind yeah, the curtain yeah. on a lot of this music because there's so many cool things happening. Um, it is noted here um, that the, no one warns than wicked. Of course, is going to follow immediately out of this, and it kind of is abrasive how it starts. And it starts with like oh, yeah. ensemble solos, da 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 da, yeah. da da, with rough like rough kind of one, no one flavors. Yeah, it's, like, a lot of, like, angry Beauty and the Beast, like, kill the beast, you know. <laughs> it is that vibe. It's happening. very much that vibe. I, yep, the only yep. thing I will have to say, like, because I would love to be in Wicked someday, too. Like, it's not dream, dream show. I mean, it's becoming more of a dream show just because I love Oz yeah. so much, obviously. Of course. But, like. And of course, like I see myself as Horrible Marble um, down the line. You would be amazing. I would love to do the ensemble. But then I think like, wow, man, they really do have like one dimension paint though, the ensemble. It's very much like you are this you emotion. So? <laughs> you are th- a little bit. Ooh. It feels like they are all playing the same thing. They're not individuals. Ooh. They're truly an ensemble, which I think there's pros yes. and cons to that. We had this for sister um, acts a little bit with our staging. Like everyone did the same thing, had to have the same reaction. And sometimes I find that to be so inauthentic because it's like not everyone would have the same <laughs> not for everyone storytelling. Would do that. But for storytelling purposes and focus purposes, it is so helpful. It's like I think visually so clean. it really helps. It's so clean. 100. Joe Mantello describes
1: this in The Grimary of how, obviously, I mean, every Broadway show you gotta have a great ensemble, but wicked specifically they do so many different kinds of dance genres yeah and even like some of that that uh vocal like choral arrangement like the ensemble singing you are in the freaking stratosphere like that's your last note yeah literally so you, these are
0: these are dancer singers. Like they're
1: these not These are dancers. I've been to a they're dance not call. joking. Oh my god. No, I it. would need to train for that. So Same. I see I've learned I learned these cra- are kind of two. Yeah, yes. These are kind of two and separate And I can do areas, it. Just right? a second.
0: Yeah, yes, yes,
1: yes. For sure. Like th- like they are sort of their own collective energy, which I think works for the show. But they're also so freaking talented there's a lot being asked of them so i yeah i agree with you
0: the ensemble the ensemble i think is like truly yeah they're just like they move as one like really truly through yes. this there's not a lot of like individual like di- yeah there's not a lot of differences right. of opinions is what i've like, noticed here's
1: sometimes. my solo my dance solo
0: <laughs> right or, or just like it's just like not different like there's everyone's saying the same thing that's what i'm trying to say yes yes which i think in the same tone the story Yes, yeah. I, I agree. Just knowing, like,
1: yeah, yep, yep. You know what I mean. That just made me think of the choreographer Wayne Salento. Um, yes. he basically describes he's like wicked. We don't really think that it has choreography. It's more so like an energy. It sounds so woo woo, but it really isn't. Except for maybe um like dancing through life, little moments like that. It really is a lot of we are moving as a group and it's energy elevated and movement. there's like elevated movement. Yeah. Pictures. That like propels the story. Yeah. So I think
0: that's part of this it too. actually gives me a lot of, um, at the end of the day from Les Miserables. Yeah. Um, energy. Yeah. Like, just yeah. rough, like these are the people who've been effed over by the ASEAN government. Like they are not yeah. the rich people. They are the working class yeah. people, probably some poor people mixed in there. Why I'm a little confused by their costumes. Why are why are their costumes red? We'll talk about that. I'm like confused. Uh, yeah. I got just, you. Uh, just marking that. Yeah. I'm confused by like the choice for those costumes, but back to music. Um, of course we noted this before Schwartz stated that he was thinking about ding dong, the witch is dead from the MGM film. When he wrote this number, he describes it as rhythmic and explosive. And to him, it sounds like Hind which I believe, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Hind myth is a German composer, um, as a definite influence to this. Um, he also found a, it as a good opportunity, as you said, um, to really showcase Kristen Chenoweth's soprano range. The melody yeah, reoccurs um, several times during the show as well. So this is something that's going to come back and back. It's set in F sharp, sharp minor, um, and the full tune is in A, A, B, C form, which basically may, means, like, that, um, that would be...
1: It'd basically verse. be, like, here's, here's your verse... Uh, verse no more the wicked. There's another. There's another verse. Repeat of that. And then there's it's a and lot of goodness
0: knows is kind of the B. So that's like the bridge, or is that the chorus?
1: That is a great
0: question. I yeah, feel I guess like it's just saying like same same different different. Exactly. It's just it's just yeah. 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 Okay. Cool, I wanted cool, to cool. say
1: one thing that um, Stephen said in so the Grimmerie's is really cool because they go through each song and Stephen gives you like a quick behind the scenes and something interesting about Stephen is he likes to write around a title. So as I think we've said on the pod he initially this was the very first song that he wrote for the whole show and uh-huh. is what he played for Gregory Maguire to be no like No one hey, loves The I Wicked. Pod. Remember? No one loves The Wicked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he said um, I hardly ever start by composing the opening number, but this is the song I started writing first. I wanted to open with everyone celebrating, a sort of ding-dong, the witch is dead for the Wicked Witch of the West. As you said, it's rhythmic. It's discordant to our ears. Um, Kristen wanted to use her soprano. I previously <laughs> I thought Diana. of Glinda simply <laughs> simply as a high belter. I couldn't figure out how to use it, but then I thought maybe a light soprano could work for the public Glinda. Um, so I just thought that was interesting that He sort of starts with this title. It helps him focus on what the song is about. Then he says he pieces a, he might have a little piece of music or four lines of a lyric and then things sort of start developing together. As time goes on, he goes back, he tweaks it. And that's kind of how he learned to write from Alan Menken. He mentions.
0: Oh, love that. Their collaborations are exquisite. Excellent. Yes. So we go into we also have this little backstory moment that occurs musically in the music, sh- yes, oh, it shifts here, so we get we get here um this is when we have the little farewell between um papa. <laughs> Bringing back your <laughs> Papa. Papa. Um, is uh, Known here as the witch's father and the witch's mother in the script. So we don't have Frex, we don't have Melina, though we know those are their book proper names. Mm-hmm. We get a farewell waltz in G major that is full of seventh and ninth chords that lend the sweet melody a bittersweet effect. And as the governor sings his long note at the end of the segment, out of your sight. That, that's exactly how he's singing it. Was beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. The chromatic so soft awesome. shoe accompaniment for the wizard song of seduction begins. We get a little vaudeville imitation, or as I like to call, a little Swanee scoopage. You know what I'm saying, Swanee? He's like yes,
1: down, down. Yeah. <laughs> he really is. It's so over the top. I love it.
0: Hi. You know what would be iconic? <laughs> All the way down. Yeah. Do you know it would be iconic, um? Huh? What? Okay, do you know when the producers, when you rent the show, the producers, don't be a stupid, be a smarty, come and join the Nazi party in springtime for Hitler is always Mel Brooks. That's always him. If you do the production, the person will mouth on stage, but it's always oh Mel and Brooks they play a
1: recording. Coming.
0: Yes. And for all of you who are like, why did she just say Nazis? okay that's a whole other conversation it's with a producers yeah, that's a it's like a whole uh, shtick yes but that is his solo just in case you are curious and want to know this but like, i wait what <laughs> for wicked to do this with this solo keep it joel gray just keep it joel gray's voice is it joel gray's voice still i was wondering like oh is this always gonna right, be his are they, voice? because it's yeah, a voiceover it is a voice recording right and or is he joel singing gray? live backstage I don't know. This is my question. Oh. Every I time I see it, I'm always like, to be the that that like they are very clearly lip syncing. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's not. I don't think she is. Right. He is. No, I think he 100- He definitely
1: is. I don't
0: think she is. I also can't handle it. I wonder. And that's all right. That's all right. Dun, dun, dun. Like her, that's all that's right. That's all right. Dun, dun, dun. It's all.
1: I'm obsessed with this opening. Like that whole bit there. All those characters, especially I see your nose.
0: Oh my God. It's just so, it's so musical theater. It's so new musical theater. It's and like, so yeah.
1: new musical theater.
0: Like pop opera. I'm like, yeah. Yes, that's, yes, right, that's all right. It's all. That's all right. It's all. That's my favorite. That's all right. It's all. <laughs> I
1: done. <laughs> um but that yeah, is a there are just. A, I bet one of our guests will know right? about that voiceover. Someone know
0: there. this. Yeah. I or, or I don't think it's true because we'll know. <laughs> I did listen to I listened to Katie Rose Clark also do this number. Not and her. so there was a different cast pretty much in place. And it did not no. sound like Joel Gray on that part. The one I, I was yeah, like, oh,
1: I watched um Ali uh Ali Mazzi. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It was a slime tutorial from not that long ago. I thought it was Ali um, 13 musical girl.
0: Ali Trim.
1: I think it was her. Yeah. And it did not sound
0: like Joel Grey at all. But I was like, is it? I had that same thought. I kind of want it to be. So if anyone knows what I'm talking about with the producers and Mel Brooks, weigh on in on your your thoughts on this. Because I also think... (laughs) If this ever becomes licensable, which I don't know if it ever will, because Wicked just feels like it know. is truly going to I... run forever. The yeah. Patty Lapone is quoted saying that Wicked will beat out Phantom for the longest running musical. It'll beat out The Patty Lepone. The Patty Lepone. She's quoted saying your clip. It. No, y'all, I'm like going nuts. Like there is a clip that I heard in an interview, <laughs> Patty Lapone. Who is like a Stephen Schwartz like legend because she is the original metal arc. Well, actually, she's not. I need to know this drama. She was the understudy and somehow took oh. over. I don't know any of that story. Um, but that's a whole thing. She totally was a Sutton foster thoroughly a modern Millie story with that. But um, she yeah. like she has there was some interview, and it was not long ago, and Em, I love that you remember it too, where they're like talking yeah. about wicked, and she's like, Afaba? like she literally says. <laughs> not the right name and they're like who are you talking about and yeah like, she does she bro. can't remember
1: it's Elfaba. like she literally yeah, what? can't remember is this Elfaba's a like, name. like and it's what iconic. clip is
0: this i don't know it's not it, it's an interview
1: i was watching the andy cohen interviews with her where she's like me too I thought it would come She up trashes Madonna. Know. She's like, I hate Phantom. Yeah, she, <laughs> you know all oh, of that. Like, Whoever she
0: drags, oh she drags. Oh she, of course. She read
1: her, read her memoir, and there's a whole like 75 of it that's like. But it's he's the it's devil. So,
0: <laughs> I I literally I put into Google. I was like Pylepone Alphaba Wicked, uh, not Elphaba. remembering correct name. Like I'm trying, and it's not there. I can't find it.
1: It's probably no. like a random Instagram reel or something. We're gonna I find. Think it was an it, inter- it, it. was like a <gasps> podcast
0: interview or a YouTube interview. Someone we're it gonna out. find it.
1: Also, quick
0: <laughs> side note, everybody,
1: everybody, I have hope <laughs> in quick this note, I don't know. It'll be ten seconds. I I'll try. Um, I have hope in this situation because I saw when I saw you tear in person like last week. I was like, girl, guess what? The chowder thing that I brought up months ago, I it instantly came to me one day when I was like, chowder you drinking chowder? And I couldn't remember what it was from. It's from Halloween town. And I just wanted everybody, I'm sure you were on pins and needles waiting for me to tell All of you them. That I, Yeah, that I found I did the, announce the it
0: in our pod squad chat. I was like, everyone oh. was in case, because we did have people write in being like, I think it's this, <laughs> <laughs> which is so funny. I was it's like, I months. literally don't know.
1: <laughs> it has been months. So just so you know, I mean, it's yeah, the, it's Sophie. Sophie back. says it.
0: Yeah. Come circle back. Okay, back Indiana. to back yeah. to the task. Back to at hand. Yeah, just we, just to close that thought, I would love if it yes, yes. ever becomes licensable to let yeah. Joel Gray's voice stay with the show because yes. Joel is also like our oldest actor from this production, and he's like a legend in himself. Lifetime like that achievement, would be so maybe. cool. Especially yeah. if they're lip syncing to begin with, like you know what I mean? Like right. Just so let why him not just it. let it be Joel Gray? Yeah, agreed. Oh, I think that would be cool. Okay, agreed. So that's my thoughts there. The company continues for several measures after the wizard stops singing. Um, time for the presumed sex. And I love that it just says wizard in here. It's like, yep, we're just going to take down that We just know it's him. Keep any Spoiler. mystery. <laughs> um, and then she appears pregnant. So there's a little music. There's a little music for that. And then we get this whole other little dialogue into speech. Like, it's like a speech singing moment with the, I see a nose, the baby's coming, all of this stuff happening. Rising major sixth. Um, creating a sense of expectation and the midwife and father sing in parallel six on lovely little before they scream upon seeing Alpha's unusual color. Then we go back to the dun, 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 dun. It's like, here you go. Like, it's like basically like, those. those are here's so the big thing. Yeah. Here's the big thing of what happened. Um, we started the show here. We're going to introduce this back here. Um, dissonant harmonies are present on parallel triads. Vocal thirds are foreshadowing sh- strong emotions it's just a lot of emotion that a key in changes. the music yes um the orchestra doubles the singers on like a froggy ferny cabbage it's emphasizing the Love tension that. and this builds to the big green which is an augmented triad on f over g in the bass and the father in you so all your movies. musical so it terms gives this term? i mean thank bless bless our friend paul he is really this is this like nerdy music stuff right way. now this yeah this goes into um oh there's something here i don't know if i completely understand this um so maybe you might get it um okay okay so we also have to note we've said this i think before but to bring it back steven schwartz one of his big influences is lenny bernstein um so just putting that there we're getting back now into the no one mourns the wicked section the choir it says here presents the a section of the song which, with rich use of fourths and sevenths, in a Bernstein-like presentation, but the remainder of the song is less dissonant as Glinda soars above the choir with her descant. Oh, it says that this is a little bit of a nod to West Side Story, which I don't know if I know what he's talking about okay. <laughs> in this moment. Um, a little West Side Story tribute of two statements of Wicked in E major with an added ninth, followed by unison A sharp in the bass. Is this the Tonight? Do you think at the end of that quartet, the Tonight Quartet, the dun 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 right. dun that song? Is it that right?
1: So earlier on in the in this book, um Paul me- <laughs> Paul mentions yeah this same scene the scene concludes with an E major chord over a sharp in the bass. Schwartz's tribute to Bernstein's famous tritone at the end of West side story where Bernstein places an F sharp in the bass against a C major triad. So there is this interval in music. I think it's like, I'm going to see it. I'm a music teacher and I'm getting it wrong. It's some sort of like fourth. There's something weird in it where, um, actually in churches back in the day, like, think it was catholic churches you couldn't sing that interval because it is considered like the devil's interval because it sounds so dissonant so it was like banned out of like church music and stuff so i think that actually was pretty um a big deal when bernstein did that so i think it it's you know what it is it's maria like it's that it's something in the maria
0: okay okay interesting I, that's I wish all was more that's all I can't I
1: can't really explain it better than that because I don't really know I love it, on yeah. it
0: I love I love
1: like this is why this I might be to something some to, to revisit find. yes yes yes
0: okay but that's that's kind of like a nice overview of our musical of of our musical peel behind the curtain I guess is the best way to say and also just yeah to know, there are are 23 members of this orchestra, which I think still it's the biggest, is the most, yeah, is the most. It's the biggest New York, orchestra York
1: City orchestra. orchestra. Isn't yes. that amazing? I also read that there is, um, Schwartz apparently uses uh, As Long As You're Mine as a motif to accompany Elphaba's birth, oh. which now I need to like go back and listen to because apparently oh. that's threaded
0: through. I've never heard it, but I don't, I don't not believe it. I don't think I've ever picked that up. Where did it, where was that note at page one Oh three of Paul's book. Wow. Um, it accompanies okay. Elphaba's birth. Okay. Wild. Okay. It could,
1: it could be, Oh, you know what? It could be, let me backtrack. It could be an earlier version. Cause it says um, it's from like a 2000 folder for no one mourns the wicked is this script where he like is adding notes and stuff. So maybe it's not there anymore. I've never heard it. So maybe it's not there. I could have just lied to
0: you. Interesting. Yeah. Well, they've changed this music changed quite a bit, especially in previews yeah. on Broadway. Um, because remember we said this, I think in our last episode that they were like cut out some of the dialogue between the midwife and yeah. the witch's father, like that was all in and out. So this really did get significant changes during the preview yeah. process on Broadway. So MK, I might have seen something different. Cause I saw it on preview. You may have seen I something different. I'm not be able to tell That's you. I may not crazy. even see this, but like you know, like how your memory gets a little muddied because if I've listened to the recording, I've obviously listened to the recording way more than I've I've seen the show. So the recording is always going to be what right. I think it is, even if what I saw on That's stage. That's true. Not that. It's it's very. But different. I will say yeah. there's differences in the staging from the Kristen Chenoweth um, slime tutorial <laughs> that is available.
1: <laughs> I love um, that one.
0: In the staging to the Katie Rose Clark, which is I think 2013, so about 10 years later. Um, the I believe it's uh Frex and the midwife are downstage of the bed doing all the solos in the second version, in the later version, okay. they're upstage of the bed in the for in the earlier version. So also like staging hasn't really been frozen for Wicked. I've heard that too, like post-pandemic. Interesting. Some stuff changed. Yeah. Which is kind of fascinating. I mean, they're they that's have fascinating. A bit of, like yeah, freedom to change a couple of I things. I also
1: you're reminding me. Everyone I met who talks about Wicked, like being mm-hmm. in it, says it is so bad for your back and your body because it's a raked um, the, stage. In, in, the raked,
0: the raked. So stage. I, I wonder
1: yeah. if they've also changed certain things over the years because of like complaints
0: or injuries. I think so. I've also heard that shoulder surgery is common in the past. What for past really? what shoulders? Numbers. I feel like I heard oh. that from an inside source who was in the okay. ensemble company, being like, "Yeah, people like the men don't stay long. The male-identifying tracks mm-hmm. in the ensemble often wow. like will leave because it's really hard on the body. But maybe things have shifted. I don't know. Would love to hear. I've heard that about, about the that. Um,
1: actresses and who play Nessa because the the way you have to like sit in the wheelchair and yep, then it being things... raked is like a whole situation.
0: So oh, yeah, yeah. I don't our, know, it's our bodies." Our bodies um, will tell us when things are not okay. So <laughs> yes,
1: I have a few last notes on music. I'm really becoming such a fan. Well, I already was a Stephen Schwartz fan, but I feel like I just love him. I feel uh, like yeah more so now. personal like connection. Um, but I love that the Grimmery says Schwartz, like his contemporary Stephen Sondheim is an old fashioned composer, lyricist. He hears the music as he writes the words and vice versa. How do you hear it? I don't understand how you hear them at the same time.
0: I guess that makes sense. I mean, even when I'm just like singing and making up stuff on my own, I make (laughs) it up to a tune. So I guess. like, I do this. I was like, I do this all the time. (laughs) I'm amazing. I think that's what it means. No, 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 I'm with you. It comes out. It pours out
1: together. Yeah, yeah. I just, I find that so fascinating. I'm always so intrigued by how people write musicals. Because it's also different. Yes, it's also different. Wayne, Wayne Salento, our choreographer, um, is also quoted in the Grimary as saying the opening. No one warns the wicked is just constant choreography. That kind of choreography is almost harder than just doing a dance number since it's so character driven. And a lot of those steps were worked out with uh, Joe Mantello to get all the transitions going together. And then I just wanted to shout out our I believe we've shouted him out before. Our orchestrator, um, Schwartz's first pick, William David Braun, yes, yeah, Braun. I believe is how you would Bron, say it. Um, Braun or Braun. Okay, he was Shorts' sure. first pick, and then
0: we'll look at it. <laughs>
1: we're, we're not, we're not sure. Oh yeah, um, he
0: was the first pick, and then he went away, and then he came back.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Um So, yep. Like it was going to be Danny Trube who worked on Pocahontas with Shorts, but then it went back to Braun, um, who
0: has Which like, like orchestrators crazy- are necessary. They are. I lo- actually like
1: what Paul was saying in this book. He's like, yeah, there's agreed. not many composers who could also orchestrate because it is such a specific skill, and it takes a lot of time." So a lot of time, composers aren't Steamed even. Did. Ooh, right, and it's like that's why you're so legendary. But um, William David Braun had an ex- has an extensive Broadway career, just to name a few: um, Brigadoon, 1980. Uh, Miss Saigon 1991, Secret Garden 91, The Red Shoes 93, Carousel Showboat, Ragtime, uh, Manelli on Manelli, Oklahoma, musicals. Wicked Mary Poppins, Curtains, Ragtime. So I just wanted to shout out. I
0: hear all record. these musicals in there. And Ragtime was the convincing factor for Stephen Schwartz. Like he really wanted them right. because of Ragtime. He did the Showboat Revival too. Like he's just yeah. epic musicals are his bread and butter. And His yeah this and book does a great they? job of really showing you why an orchestrator is important and like again like how em said like it's not really possible with the time constraints on the it's composer too, to do the orchestration much. like he needs the yeah. help um yeah so yeah and they break down like how every instrument was decided which is very cool you can read mm-hmm. that in paul's book it's pretty cool
1: yeah Tara, do you have a TikTok? Like the Royal Army of Oz? No, I don't. Tara, like a handle so the people can follow you? Oh,
0: sure, but I basically never post anything and only watch the Oz vlog content.
1: Yes, Don't blame you. That's our girl, Tori.
0: Yeah, and if you all want Oz breaking news, there's no one better to follow on the TikTok, the Gram, the Tubes, and beyond. Tori is on it and also shares her extraordinary collection with detail, has some impressive Alfie-worthy pipes, and answers burning questions about Oz history. She's social media goals. Also, Tori
1: is our neighbor on Patreon, and we love all the bonus content her and her husband, Nick, offer over there. So please check them out. There may also be merch. We
0: love you, Tori, and thank you for getting this tech grandma to show up on TikTok every so often. Only for you, girl. Maybe one day we'll be your TikTok neighbors too. You truly inspire us. Link in show notes to follow Tori and become her Patreon. Thanks for supporting Oz content creators.
1: So, as we go through the musical, we will bring up obviously our leading players. And the first one we're going to talk about is one, Miss Kristen Chenoweth. (laughs) I just love her. Tara, what was your first introduction to Kristen?
0: I want to say the Tony Award performance of um, Philosophy from You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Yeah. I thought she was as cute as a button. Yeah. Just like a little pixie, a little explosive pixie. (laughs) It's Such an iconic (laughs) performance. I think it's one of the best solo Tony performances to ever happen. I really do. It's perfectly funny. There's no nerves present. Like, she's just enjoying every second of doing that that song on that stage. And I love, Mm -hmm. like, also when she won, she was changing, I think. So, like, they didn't have. Oh, yeah. She comes out in her costume? Doesn't she come out? I can't. Oh, okay. I can't recall. But, like, they don't show her in the audience. No, I'm lying yes like, they don't oh, they don't show her she's like no it's like just a picture of her doing oh it's a picture I think like because she's not in the audience because she just finished performing so it's like a really cute old <laughs> it's
1: movie. a picture of her
0: of yeah, course it's it cute. is because she's yeah, like changing adorable.
1: <laughs> I love her I've seen her in Promises Promises for the girls which was her solo show where I like bawled my eyes out when she did Over the Rainbow I just I really love Kristen Um, I think mine was probably similar. Something, something online, either Wicked or Charlie Brown, and then saw her live. I knew who who she was first.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah, I knew. I think I saw her in Apple Tree. After I saw the Apple Tree after, yeah, that was like I think her first big thing she did from Wicked. I want to say, yeah, I think it was afterwards. Okay,
1: yes, cool. Well, obviously, there's so much we could say about her. We that could be a whole podcast. So off of her website, here's her bio, condensed, because we don't have time for everything. Emmy and Tony Award-winning actress and singer Kristen Chenoweth's career spans film, television, voiceover, and stage. 2015, she received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. 2009, she received an Emmy Award for Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series for her role in Pushing Daisies. 1999, she won a Tony Award for You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. She was also nominated for her original role of Glinda in Wicked in 2004. Two Emmy noms, People Choice Award nom for her role on Glee. 2009, she wrote A Little Bit Wicked, her little, uh, I guess, first memoir, which debuted on the New York Times bestseller list. 2015, she earned a Drama Desk Award for her lead role in Roundabout on the 20th Century. She launched um, an annual Broadway boot camp in 2015, providing young young Broadway hopefuls with the opportunity to take classes and learn from top mentors in the industry. She's a graduate of Oklahoma City University with a master's degree in opera performance. She's an inductee into the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, as well as the Oklahoma Music Hall of Fame fame so i actually oh i saw her as well on the view earlier this year when she released her oh my most God, recent right. book which was You're really cute works. and fun i have both books yeah i've read both books they're both great they're, they're very different the most recent one is more so like a little bit more philosophical <laughs> which is really what it's intended to be but just like quick little one-liner highlights from her book a little bit wicked which i would definitely recommend it's so fun I mean, the book starts, the first the first line, just to give you an idea. I face myself in the full-length mirror. Stability in one hand, <laughs> sex in the other. What? <laughs> like, what? What does that even mean? We don't know. But that's Kristen's way. Um, she is adopted. Um, so she was born in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Um, and she was adopted at five days old. Um, she is quoted in her book. I drifted quite miraculously into the family when I was five days old. Mom was only 24 and facing a heartbreaking hysterectomy three years after the birth of my brother, Mark. She and dad desperately wanted another child. They were they were prepared to wade through the paperwork and spend years on the adoption waiting lists, but they didn't have to. Mom confided in the uh, OBGYN who was going to do her surgery that more than anything, she wanted a little girl. Cue the mile high club. When my flight attendant birth mama turned up pregnant by a married man, her wealthy family shipped her off to Oklahoma and arrangements were made for the expected baby to be placed with a nice Catholic family. But just before I was born, the adopting mother to be turned up pregnant herself and offered to allow another family to have this baby girl. She told the OBGYN the same one. And he immediately thought of my mother. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy.
0: (laughs) What a story i mean she's like from quite...
1: <laughs> she's literally like wait do i go to this family oh wait she's she a got story pregnant. now i'm gonna go to this family who really wanted me like and she definitely is a spiritual person so she always brings that into it um and she also says she's never contacted her birth mother but she always wonders like oh did she see me like on the tony awards is she reading this book did she see wicked so that's kind of an interesting elements to her life story
0: oh wow interesting that's an yeah that's yeah. an interesting like reoccurring thought that she consistently probably has on loop in right her brain wow
1: ballet ballet was her first passion but it didn't really pan out because she's like four <laughs> ten i don't even know um so she began singing in church and then she became almost this like traveling church singer like, all the churches in the area were like, wait, come sing here. And so her dad would, like, buy a little stereo system, and they would sing all over. Um, then she went bet to... But she sang uh, Dolly Parton. I bet. They are They are spiritual sisters. Like, they are the same human.
0: Have they collaborated?
1: I... They have to have. I don't... I'll look it up. I don't I think...
0: Like, why isn't Kristen in, like, a Dolly musical?
1: Yeah, like, the nothing what? is... Like,
0: <laughs> jumping out at me. But I, I need like,
1: like a Kristen Dolly Kristen like special. Yeah. Dolly
0: Parton. Uh, uh, later Glenda will be Dolly yeah. Parton in the nine oh, five musical. But yeah. 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 Okay. I'll I'll research. Huh. Oh my god, Dolly would have been an excellent Glinda.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she is Glinda. Like she is. She's like, I'm popular and I will make you popular. Um I love Dolly so She's freaking so cute. much. So and Kristen loves Dolly. I do know that. Um, so last little, little tidbits here. Um, when she goes to college, she studies under Florence Gillum Birdwell, who actually my voice teacher in college, like was also obsessed with and, you know, would print me articles and interviews, Kelly O'Hara. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, and Kristen just talks about her first, like singing at college in front of the voice teachers. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm amazing. Like she feels really confident. And then Florence pressed her hand to her heart and said, oh, I can't wait to teach you how to sing. (laughs) <laughs> and she's, like, distraught and is, like, oh, my God. Like, so intimidating. But she learned everything from Florence, who sadly passed away recently. Um, they still talk about her. Mm-hmm. She's she's like, I, I see yeah. them
0: comment about her on, like, their Instagrams and stuff, Kelly
1: and Kristen. She seems like that person, like, Melanie to me. You know, like, someone who it's, like, yeah. wow, they were challenged you and made you who you are. Um. Randomly, she was second runner-up at the Miss Oklahoma pageant, so she has like pageant experience. That's not Just random kind of for her.
0: She part, feels right. Yeah,
1: it's like a part of Glinda. Um, through school, she was working at the Lyric Theater. She went and got her master's degree, and then this is where I'll end us because it gets you know into her further career. But basically, two weeks before school started, oh, she she won that. She ends up winning this like um, scholarship to I think continue her studies. But two weeks before it was meant to begin, and that was going to be in Philly, she um, goes to New York City to help a friend to move. And while there, she just randomly auditions for the 1993 Paper Mill Playhouse production of the musical Animal Crackers. And at the time, I don't even think she's equity. Like, she's like, I don't really know what that is. I know it's expensive. I don't really want to pay for that right now. (laughs) But she ends up getting cast, like, on the spot in the role of Arabella Rittenhouse. She turns down the scholarship. She moves to New York. And as they say, the rest is history.
0: Wow! Wow, Kristen, love. Her I so thought much. I would just to put like a cherry on top of it. I thought I would read her bio, like we did with our whiz players from. The oh, Playbook. fun! Yeah, do it. So this is like what she's speaking. This is what she's putting out on in two thousand three. Okay. So okay. she's first. Who's who in the cast? She is first. Kristen Chenoweth. She's Linda, first. Broadway. Mm-hmm. I think it's an alphabetical order, probably for the two of them. That makes the most <laughs> sense. That's what sure, I would yeah. guess. Okay. Broadway, you're a good man Charlie Brown, like we said, Tony Drama Desk and Outer Critics Circle Awards, Steel Pure Theater World Award, and Epic Proportions. I don't think I know anything about that. I hope, y'all, this is really blurry and I don't have Epic my wicked playbook here. I definitely have this at home, so I'll try to grab it. Um, but yeah, I hope that's correct. Off Broadway yeah. um is Scorpio, I wanna say, opposite Bill Irwin. I mean, no big deal. Um, roundabout, A New Brain. That was iconic. I love that cast album. Yeah, yeah. On A Clear Day, You Can See Forever and Strike Up the Band, both for encores, Dames at Sea and The Fantastics. Um, oh my god, was she in that long-running-off-Broadway production of The Fantastics? I Need to Find Photos. That's amazing. Whoa. TV. Oh yeah, she had already done this. TV includes Marion in the Disney ABC, The Music Man opposite Matthew Broderick. I, I forgot love... she already done that. I love that yes. movie. I'm sorry. So, I don't care. Okay, that's... that's... I am lying to you. Wait, maybe it was. I don't know what came first because, like, I was obsessed with her as Lily in the Annie movie, as well as Marion Peru. Oh, that Matthew Broderick one one is pretty miserable, minus Molly Shannon <laughs> as the mayor's wife, and Kristen Chenoweth as Marian. Um, <laughs> I
1: love Kristen. I love it though. She's
0: no, she's wonderful. So, oh, I totally forgot about these. Lily and the Disney ABC Annie, um, Frasier's new agent, agent on Fraser, Miss Noodle on Sesame Street, and her NBC <laughs> Miss series. Noodle. Miss Chenoweth's first solo album, Let Yourself Go, which is also iconic. That's where 14G is on that, was released oh. by Sony Music. And she is currently at work with Sony on her second album. In her concert career, she's been a guest soloist with the National Symphony Orchestra under the baton of Marvin Hamlish, R.I.P. The New York Philharmonic, London's Divas at Don Mar series. I'm actually really impressed with my eyesight right now because it's getting blurrier and blurrier. Carnegie (laughs) Hall, Lincoln Center, and the Kennedy Center, and has performed at such greats as Placido Domingo, Paul Newman, Joshua. Mm, shoot, is Joshua Bell someone? Sure, <laughs> 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 Joshua Bell. I hope that's <laughs> right. Um, and Harvey <laughs> is the last Hi, Harvey, and then she has like some letters that are a little hard to read in all caps. I think it's I love you. It's I L Y Z and E. So mystery. Who's Z and E? Y Z and E. It's- yeah, I love you, Z and E. That's how she ends the bio. Okay. I wonder. Okay. I don't know. Oh, maybe All right, maybe. that's Z and E. Was she I don't know, maybe it's mom. She and dad. was never married. Oh, maybe yeah, maybe it's um mom and dad. she's engaged now. Could be her cat. She's engaged now. Could be her cat. <laughs> she loves
1: dogs. Who knows?
0: Oh, um she's a dog person that she is. She was not
1: she was not married. And this in in this book, a little bit wigged, I think she talks about dating Aaron Sorkin for a while.
0: Oh that's right. Um, Cracked.
1: And then now she's engaged and seems like really happy to a delightfully cute younger man
0: who seems to her. adore her every move. I love so. her. I I yeah. love her as you should. <laughs> as you should. Okay.
1: So that is Kristen. Getting it?
0: Getting us in now to the scene, into Kristen's iconic entrance that she would get applause on. I'm sure majority of the nights, if no one clapped, that's insane to me. Excuse get... that. That entrance now probably just gets applause for Glinda, which is so cool too to think about. I know. But before we talk about that, just a few quick notes on our set, which we've talked about a little bit with Eugene. Yes, our set is I, so great. Um, our set designer. I'm um, just to presence a little yeah. bit more about Eugene. I did not know this. So he was the production designer for Saturday Night Live from the show's premiere in 1975 until his death.
1: <laughs> what? Wait, What? Oh yeah, I knew he, he worked was, at SNL because he mentions it. But for the that's a lot until his death.
0: That is just okay. crazy to me. And he's also a Carnegie Mellon. Um, graduate he has a bfa from the goodman school of drama at the art institute of chicago and carnegie mellon university so two bfas wow. a double bfa Excuse he's an me? mfa from the yale school of Drama. what you trying to and do three honorary phds he's nuts <laughs> but carnegie mellon just to presence is stephen schwartz's alma mater as well so maybe they had some camaraderie Ugh. there He won Tony Awards for Candide, Sweeney Todd, as we have said before, and Wicked, as well as the Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Set Design. Lee's other New York theater work Mm -hmm. included um, Amazing Grace, Alice in Wonderland, The Normal Heart, Agnes of God, Ragtime, Uncle Vanya, Ruby Sunrise, Bounce, and A Number. His film credits include Coppola's Hammett, Houston's Mr. North, and Males, Males, I hope I'm saying this right, Vanya on 42nd Street. Um, Pretty... Pretty cool. Um, he was in a relationship with a fellow designer, Franny Lee, um, and, in, and then in the 70s and then in the 80s, he married Brooke Lutz. Um, he had one son from each relationship. Um, he continued to... Oh, he lived in Rhode Island, um, decades-long resident of Providence, um, while working on SNL, and he would commute to New York City from Rhode Island. Wow. Um, oh my and gosh. he would stay at a the hint. Yale Club when he would come on in, which is... Um, a private club in midtown Manhattan. Let's crash that shiz. Let's go, terror. <laughs> so I love Eugene about Eugene, there's also a really wonderful talented. YouTube. Oh, he's incredible. And he was so passionate about the time clock dragon, like we said, and like everyone was not on board with it at first, yeah. but he really, really was invested in something from the Gregory Maguire book that could really act as this like, Mm proscenium and the whole thing but before i talk about that i most of this information that i'm going to share is from behind the emerald curtain which is on youtube um you could watch those are just little like they're little like three minute videos on certain things in wicked that just give you a little bit more of a breakdown Mm -hmm. on how something was created um so we get to see this map at the start of the show and it's sepia toned, which i don't think i really ever yep i don't have did you ever like clock that i don't think i clock that like the dustiness of, I, of it is so right. kansas yeah
1: yeah it is it, i just was like but oh, i never
0: clock that in. yeah it's so and the green is emulating from the center which is the emerald city so we know that's going to be the center of this production the color green and also this location is going to be huge um the time clock dragon is obviously the proscenium. Um we know its name is Oswald. It has a, a loving name. Oswald. I wonder who gave it the nickname. I wonder if it was Eugene Lee. I don't I forget. know a history on that. Um, it's not really mentioned a lot. That, like it's in like no passing thing. interviews. Yeah, and but it's like, yeah, Oswald, Oswald the time clock like, dragon. But why? And he's kind of like this symbol for of this pageant wagon. Um He's manipulated like a marionette and um, one of Eugene Lee's um, fellow SNL creators, um, Bob Flanagan, would be the actual builder of this. Um, He did the puppet and prop design. It's 44 feet. It's a 44 foot mechanical dragon. It only weighs, though, 40 pounds. And it's going to be the first visual (sighs) effect we see in the show. And what I think is just so cool is we can see 40 pounds. That's it. No, it's made of the stuff that's inside of your coolers. If you get a cooler, like the stuff that goes Yeah, like <gasps> it's it's made to look like metal, but it's not. It's but all it's really an illusion, not. MK. It's an illusion. Oh, um, these are illusions. They he didn't have smoke at first. That was a note that came from like the whole production team like can you add smoke? Can you make this like more menacing and the the red eyes light up. Um so yes. we just feel like there is like a quality of a thematic ride that you're going to go on with it. Yeah. But I love yeah. that you can see the mechanizations. Um we can yeah. see who's pulling the strings, which is like totally already like you're we're starting with a different approach to Oz.
1: In the Grimmery, they call it an anti-set. Basically meaning like you can see all the, it's not hidden. You see everything that's like actually going into making things work. Yeah, anti-set. Oh, I love that.
0: Yeah. And that's just like the opposite of the whole wonderful Wizard of Oz world is like we're all, we all don't know anything about the man behind the curtain. But we're getting to see it up close and personal from Jump, which I think Mm -hmm. is really cool. And what is interesting, this is my whole thought em that i'm like what okay so we get like the monkeys come out when like the jungle vibes of the music shift (laughs) in um they're descending ropes um do you feel like the monkeys were abandoned by alphaba or are they headed to the badlands like do they know she's okay like oh right i'm confused. right i've never thought about that. end of the show yeah, like are um, they gonna go? They, they, do they know where to find her? Do they know she's okay think, with Fiero? I think they do. I think they do.
1: That's and that's like why they're moving so tired. quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah I it's interesting. Like, right, I never really thought we gotta it. like
1: get out of here. I think so. I think there's some sort of like connection that they share. Also,
0: the pause before the unlimited right. is so beautiful the like uh, pause before yeah. the conjuring to the limit. it, hit, it yeah. hits this like stillness for a second and then that's like yep. before we get like everything reveals this purple and maroonish crowd in like a tableau finally coming to life <laughs> so em, tell me more about edwardian purple maroon i don't get it because what it says in our script just a presence yeah. is where they are which yeah. i would never yeah. guess location at all if not i didn't read the script. We see a silhouette of a large witch projected on the back wall being used as a symbol to celebrate the Wicked Witch's demise. Suddenly, citizens of Oz spill out, cheering and celebrating. The hat disappears and we are outside the Wizard's Palace in the Emerald City, capital mm. land of Oz. Like, why are they wearing these colors? Help. Okay. So,
1: costumes are by Susan Hilferty. There's more than 200 yes. costumes tailor-made too to many. each person. A lot. And like double accessories and shoes. Um Susan is a beast. She, her resume boasts over 200 stage productions, spanning from musical theater to opera, experimental theater, Broadway. She's also the chair of the Department of Design for Stage and Film at NYU's Tisch School of the Arts. So in The Grimmery, Susan says, to me what was so exciting about Wicked was trying to understand a world that had a connection to the turn of the century as we know it. Um, um, but okay. I also <laughs> had to incorporate the idea that animals talk and there's magic. So I had to do a lot of research. My research focused on the period in which Baum wrote the books, from 1900 to 1920. Um, so I created a style That's I call t- I call Twisted Edwardian. It's Edwardian era suits and dresses, but asymmetrical. The collar might be off center, yes. or the cut of the dress twists around crazily. Which um, I was like, There's just a lot looking of that happening of, of Edwardian fashion. Um, but it's all about like lace and ruffles and tailored suits and bodices and like big hats. Um, so just type it into Google and you'll, you'll kind of be like, oh dang, that is a, like an Aussie and twist on Edwardian fashion. But why are they maroon
0: and red? I, like, I actually like-
1: don't know why. I don't like it. Maroon and red. I like the color like palette. That. I like, I like the, I like it.
0: I don't know the meaning behind it. Um, I think you're in Gillikin Country or something. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, yeah, the Gillikin Country is purple, and the Quadling Country is red. So, oh, oh wait, hold on, maybe that's it, um because it's kind of like a maroonish, like, yeah, um, like mixed bag of things. Because it really does feel like there are some purple hints in there. It's mostly like maroon to me that I feel like I am seeing. In this opening moment, maybe it's people from Quadling Country and Gillikin Country showing up at the Wizard's Palace to get the information. It could be, yeah. Maybe it's we like don't like a have grouping. news. Mm-hmm. We don't got. We don't got ABC.
1: We don't got. <laughs> I also took it as like um, we the great the only green we see should be like alphabet oriented, you know. So it's almost like red versus green. Just making the colors pop i'm not sure okay if that was interesting part of it um okay but yeah so i love susan we'll definitely talk more about her um and wigs are by tom watson the wigs are these cool. wigs are insane um they are there are 70 wigs used and each one can cost anywhere from 1200 to $2,400. Jesus. Individual human hair strands are inserted manually one at a time. And now I have a question for you. Supervisor of the hair department, Al Anato, admits that there's one synthetic wig in the show. I dare you to guess which one it is.
0: One synthetic wig? Morrible. Yeah.
1: I, it actually doesn't tell us. So I don't know. I don't <laughs> have the answer for you. Once so we're gonna have to part. like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I know the the way. I know the way it was written. They're like, "We dare you to guess." I was like, "I don't know."
0: Um, okay, okay, yeah. Party City Wig, we'll find you.
1: Okay, Party City
0: Wig. M, do you ever wonder what happens to all that stuff when a favorite show closes on Broadway?
1: Um, like the sets, costumes, and props?
0: Yeah, and even the Marley on the floor.
1: Well, everything is usually struck, disassembled, and packed away to make space for whatever the next show is. The theater becoming an empty bare
0: space again, almost like it never happened. Right. Theater comes and goes so quickly. But what if you could take home a little piece of that favorite show's magic with you? Your own little piece of theater history. As the Pink Ladies say,
1: tell me more, tell me more.
0: I will. Scenery Bags hand makes bags and accessories out of retired theater sets. And 10% of proceeds are donated to introduce students to theater through TDF. We love a good cause even more. You can snag pieces from Wicked, Beetlejuice, Kinky Boots, Dear Evan Hansen, and many more. What do you mean, Wicked? M. Um, retired Glinda bubble dresses just may be made into <gasps> necklaces. Boo! Ah, that's amazing! <laughs> Last year, they even had ornaments made out of Dorothy's bedroom wallpaper from the MSG tour! Take all my money. Take it! We can't urge you more to check out Scenery Bags today to purchase perhaps the most tangible way to feel close to Broadway, especially your favorites that are long gone.
1: Visit scenerybags.com linked in show notes.
0: I love all the ribbon, all the ribbon dancing that happens we, in this section. Like, I love that ribbon dancing it. is a form of celebration in this Oz. It just makes me so happy because I loved we ribbon love dancing it. as a child. I know.
1: I wish that so like great. I did it.
0: I really I wish I was that- a ribbon dancer. I love there's like a really beautiful ensemble rise that they do on the wickedness, which there ever was. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. Like all of that is cool. I would love to do this portion. Like this does feel very, like (laughs) just you're, you're physically engaged. It does feel like a slightly over the top in the best way. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) Like, your whole whole body is extra.
1: You are in people's faces. As we get into the scene, I also wanted to shout out to, my last two um creative team members. Tony Miola is our sound designer. Um, and he mentions how freaking hard it was that the clock of the time dragon was smack dab in the middle of the proscenium where he usually puts a speaker cluster. Oh shoot, right? <laughs> so he I was, was reading like, that. Oh my gosh. Cause he said, um, the Gershwin Theater in New York is a very difficult sound house. It's so big, and I think that as time marches forward, acoustic. Physicians and architects learn less about sound in the theater than they did a long time ago. So it's all about not, he's like, my job doesn't even have to do with equipment. It has to do with um, like where the actor is placed on stage. If the orchestra is playing too loud, just like seeing all these different components. So he, because of the uh, dragon, he had to split his speaker cluster left and right of the dragon. And he hid more speakers along the sides of the stage where all the vines are. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Like I wouldn't even wow. think about that, that that would oh, affect. Yeah, ha- he had to um,
0: think out of the box.
1: Yeah. And then our lighting designer is Kenneth Posner, who will all presents more as we get into um, once Alphaba enters the scene, because that kind of adds a whole dimension to lighting. And Kenneth had a big job too, because the set, a lot of the set was designed by Eugene to be pretty dark. And he mentioned specifically, like you got to light this correctly. Otherwise no one's going to see it.
0: Wait, what does it say in this in this script? So, okay, I'm I'm jetting down. We have <laughs> our ensemble, our ensemble ribbon dance celebration, and then we have look, it's Glinda, like somebody in That's the crowd. The That's what it says. It's yep. so good. First, first solo voice we hear, and then it says Glinda, resplendent and beautiful in her white gown and <gasps> tiara. That is blue, baby. It descends
1: what? from a it says from white? on
0: high on. An, yeah, on a mechanical swing, that is like giving Michelle Williams that soap bubbles <laughs> as the celebration oh, point and cheer. That is not white, guys. Mm-hmm.
1: Guys, why gotta be white? Maybe...
0: What? <laughs> Stop it's blue. It. Maybe that wait, was the wait, original intention it... was to be white.
1: Is this like the, the dress like... situation where it's like, is it red or whatever? You know, do you remember that?
0: <laughs> it's like, maybe I'm sure it's like the whole thing we were talking about with Reese Thomas of like when it like got cancelled out from being silver in the script of the MGM and then went to Ruby it's like maybe this this is very much blue this is blue yeah this is a blue this is the blue ball gown iconic blue ball gown now it's it's, so beautiful it's her opening and closing dress obviously because we yeah start where we end so it is the iconic look for glinda if you want an american girl doll to be in it you can if you want
1: oh you you can can.
0: that's (laughs) that's how you know you're iconic you are iconic when an american girl can slip on this costume okay oh that's my dream
1: (laughs) uh susan hilferty about this dress or about um dressing glinda Glenda is the epitome of good, so I did research by asking little girls what goodness looks like. They said like a princess, like a bride. I collected and studied pictures <laughs> of Queen <God>. like <laughs> a bride. I know I don't know about this, okay. but that's so what she's she said. Like white, um, great. <laughs> yeah, I collected and studied pictures of Queen Elizabeth II from her coronation, Lady Diana's wedding dress, cool. and all of the dresses that are emblematic of perfect femininity quotations when you look at any of the english coronation images it's hysterical because it's all about impressing in a certain way even queen elizabeth in the 1950s wore a crown and a long robe and held her scepter and i wanted to tap into that glinda is also connected to the sky sun and stars that influenced her tiara and wand the sparkles on her dress are all about that too she symbolizes lightness air bubbles Kristen is someone who loves costumes because she comes from a beauty pageant (laughs) background
0: I mean, that's very true. She owns these costumes. Like, she gives she you I am, I am Miss Oklahoma I Am Miss Oklahoma. that.
1: <laughs> but she said she also wanted, uh, Kristen wanted to be transformed to be Glinda. We did a lot of fittings. I had to find just the right proportion in her Glinda dress because she is tiny, tiny, tiny. She can get swallowed up in a second. Yeah, it's like one ruffle too many and you're over the top.
0: <laughs> I love it. You know what they... Also in the script, it says fanatics too, for the people who start screaming at her when she, entran- when she enters on the look at Glenda. And I love I love that it says, we love you. Y-E-E-L- Oh it does W. Why yeah. Glenn Winnie. Winnie. I love it Winnie.
1: though. Winnie. Is this like it,
0: California Winnie. talk? Like, what is this? <laughs> and then we have the iconic, it's good to see me. Isn't it? Which is just is that the best entrance Linda's, ever. Is that First her most line. iconic line? Would you say her most I iconic? I mean, line? I would say I can watch and I will cry watching it. Jenna, oh, do it up. Oh. doing this in 2021 no. october whenever they came no. back or maybe it was september i think it was september 2021 yeah. her seeing this yeah. in the audience literally losing their minds for like for like minutes, five minutes. yeah <laughs> it is like oh tear gosh. inducing because it's just like oh my god like yes it is good to see you girl you've been gone for like months it's, like we haven't had honestly... live theater in a year in a year and a half i know And like, yes, it is good to see you. Like everyone, like it says fanatics shriek. Yes. I think everyone in that audience (laughs) was shrieking. Yes, lost
1: their minds.
0: Also, another one to presence that is also iconic. I mean, there's many. Kristen's is iconic. Kristen got entrance applause because she was Kristen, and also because it's Glinda, yes. like it's a double. But Brittany Johnson yeah. coming in for the first her yeah. first performance when she was a I think understudy, not even standby yet, understudy wow. for Glinda when she went on for the first time. It is awesome, and she is the first Black performer to ever play Glinda, and the only on Broadway at this point in time in 2023. So. Wow. just like cool like it's such a cool entrance like I, I do get teary like I do have a musical hater girly moment and just like oh, love her. like it has to feel so good just being on that bubble and it also like just to talk like Glinda has to start at a very like glossy place like it almost Mm -hmm. feels like she's reading well rather i guess singing from a scroll like it's just like this is what happened like she her bubble wants to move across the stage and just be gone but of course that doesn't happen she's not able to do that like she has to stop and engage with the citizens because they actually have questions they're not just accepting no they're like
1: uh what just happened
0: yeah they're not getting they're not accepting her shtick um, but she does confirm with them that the melting occurred at the thirteenth hour, which I was like, "Oh, do they use military time in Oz, or is this an Oz invented time?" Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't really typically say thirteenth hour as traditional. I guess the way we interpret the clock like, is that like a- one, yeah. Time. Yeah, I think thirteenth hour in military time is one. Yeah, yeah. We don't use we don't typically okay. say that. But so also we feels like thirteenth hour. Man. Yeah. In oh, the just just to say this now, our Aussian words that we get, our Aussian sayings yes. that we get in this scene alone, we get rejoicify, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. We get, she says, of course, innuendo and out yuendo, I is love that one. No, for comic timing. We get confusifying as well. And we also get the exclamation of sweet Oz, like, a, like an oh sweet Jesus. Or an oh my God. Yeah. It's used in that way. So yeah. we get a little bit of the Aussian vocabulary starting yeah. to come on in. But yeah, yeah. like, um, are these lyrics, like, I, I also thought, okay, so we get into her, the no need to respond, that was rhetorical, we get into her whole, like we just that said, like, rhetoric. her let us be glad, she sings beautifully in the rafters on By and By, which is just stunning. Outland oh, it's so lie good. For you and she cannot finish because they have to know more. Um, and of course, on yeah. the recording, this goes right into, no one minds. Like it goes right splat. I know. I always, it's actually jarring
1: when you watch it because yes. I have the whole cast recording in my head. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, there's this little scene.
0: Yeah, that, that's where we get the Glinda. Exactly how dead is she? Like we get that sweet person. It's usually, I, Rando, I think it's usually Rando, a female Rando, yep. identifying voice. And we get this whole little, this in whole little dialogue here.
1: Yeah, someone yeah. in crowd. Rando, someone in crowd
0: random person, she confirms the death. They all start like just I more intensifying. I love using the affying. Yeah, language. we're gonna we're
1: gonna be using this vocab. Yeah,
0: we definitely get. I love these Another, singers. Another person, yeah, another person. No one cries. No one cries is so iconic. <laughs> like it cannot be sung differently. You cannot. It can't. It has to
1: be that. Like I wish I was at the cast recording day.
0: It's so good. What stood out to me, uh, re-listening to this, is the what we miss when we misbehave, and I Ooh. think about that as like I think about the like the wagging the finger like old school fairy tales that, of course like Al Frank Baum was not trying to do when he wrote the Wonderful Wizard of Oz, like have the moral in place, but it makes me think of the cautionary tale in Gregory Maguire's Wicked, of the foxes and the Wicked Witch, the Wicked Witch who eventually succumbs for being wicked and like she is no longer and it's like you know like that cautionary tale don't be wicked right because right you won't be able to be a part of society you won't be able to do the do things that you might want to do like it feels very much like a lesson is in here which right. i actually i don't know how conscious this choice is to gregory Maguire's work but it reminded me of that moment
1: mm. i don't know i like that
0: the cautionary tale
1: I mean, I know it is a little bit of that is a little bit of what this prologue is, right? Is like, it's like, she's sad, She is evil. And this is what happens to people when yeah. they sin and when they don't follow,
0: you know, order. Yeah. And like, I really think Glinda has no, no desire to really tell them anything. She just wants to pass through. Like, I do feel that, right? Do you feel that? Like, she just wants to, like, put on the the public persona um, and just go through. She does not want to get into it with them. I don't think. Well, she's willing the to. Biggest,
1: yeah, the biggest thing, realization I've had with this scene for her is she is distraught internally. Like, she believes yes. that she's distraught defor- her best friend, this very important person, Which, to her.
0: Yeah, and she can't show that. Like, that's like, what she cannot about show her, it. She, it. she can't yeah, be she can't sad show any of it.
1: She has to be like, this person is bad and it will ruin my public persona. So it is fake. She's actually acting. So as the actor, you are acting as someone who's acting, (laughs) which is hard. And I think Um, she sees
0: an opportunity after all the angry mob solos and really excellent diction too, I must say. After all of this. Perfect. She sees an opportunity when the girl in crowd says, Glinda, why does wickedness happen? (laughs) We get that question, and then she's like, "Okay, like she. This is when she starts to come down to them. She gets off her bubble. Mm -hmm. Well, she she has been with them, right? She's also been meet and greeting at this moment. Oh, true. Yeah, she's like, hello, hello. Yeah, she's been meeting her
1: subjects.
0: (laughs) Yes, totally. Um, and she says that's a good question, and she's like, and I. think if you have a great Glinda and like, if they're allowed to do this, cause I don't know what their constraints are of doing. I don't know like right. what the inside scoop right. is on this. I would love a pause before she says one that many people find confusifying, because I think this is her opportunity to be like, can I share a little bit about the friend I know? Like, can I let you in a little bit that she is not one shaded? You know what I mean? This right. is where it starts. Cause she's like, I'm going to tell you the backstory because it's like, uh-huh. here's the question we get. We get the main questions: Are people born wicked, or do they have wickedness Ooh. thrust upon them? I love. Which that I think dialogue. it's
1: both. <laughs> Winnie, come on, Winnie! It's such I, a good line. I think we
0: we've, we've been thinking about these questions a lot. I do think that there are probably genetic things that can amplify someone's maybe, um, hormone hormone response to certain things and ways of doing yeah. things, and maybe like the finding pleasure in other people's pains. I do think and other people's pain. I do think that can be something tied to genetics. I do think there is something there. And then I think it's completely also what your circumstances are a hundred percent. It's like mm-hmm. a nice mixture a of mixture. nature and nurture. Yeah. Completely. Yep. Yep. Um That's what I'm thinking more and more as we get into all of this. So then we get yeah. this whole, this play whole, which um, father, yeah, which is father, which is mother. We get the backstory. Um, oh and we know my gosh. it's like, it's, it's done in a very like comedic presenting way. Da, 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 and leave yeah. you
1: lonely. <laughs> yeah. You kind of have this like Bodillion
0: yeah, little moment. And I also was like, oh, like is he performing which is father too? Like he's like, Oh, I hate to go and leave you lonely I know. is what he says. But I also feel like he doesn't hate to go. I think he likes to go. I, it,
1: you know that's I mean? where I maybe you know when I, when we were reading Wicked and I was like I don't know if they like each other I think it's because of this scene because to me they don't well she wipes his kiss off his like, kiss I mean that's, yeah. that's, that's
0: so I think moment. I had yeah.
1: that in my head where it's like okay something's going on with those two they're they're just living their lives separately
0: I do love how you she know? avoids his kiss though it's really well done like it, she yeah. avoids it in a way where he would not be suspecting anything of her <laughs> And then she gets to have that really right. sweet moment of wiping it off. Of her.
1: Yeah, everyone loves that moment. And then we get like and a like cool every dance. Family,
0: they had their secrets. Uh huh. And this dance is cool. I really like oh, yeah. that. This is very stylized. Um, oh, and like mm-hmm. I guess I could do a little pause here just to share quickly on our original cast members for we, the witch's father, um, the witch's mother, and of course the midwife. Tell us about the midwife, please. So Sean McCourt, of course, Sean McCourt, I mean, you're going to die on the midwife. I cannot wait to share on her. But Okay. Sean McCourt is the original witch's father. And he has such a unique relationship to Wicked. He's also kind of iconic in his bald head. Like he is just like, you you recognize Mm -hmm. him. He's bald. He kind of has um, the vibes of Michael Cerberus, like gives off that energy. I am so so attracted to him. He, he has, like, a sexiness about him completely. So he yeah. is an American actor, born in Detroit. Um, his Broadway credits include Wicked, of course, Titanic, It Ain't Nothing But The Blues, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, and Mary Poppins. Um, he also was in the off-Broadway musical that's kind of a cult classic now. Carrie Butler was in it. Caitlin Hopkins was in it. Devin May was in it. Bat Boy, um, which was in 2001 prior to Wicked. So he's coming off of, like, a hot streak. Yeah, um, so he... He opened the show um, as the witch's father and an Aussiean official. He also served as an understudy for the wizard and Dr. Dillamond. He replaced Joel Grey as the wizard in 2004. On July 26, 2005, he replaced William Humans as the lead role of Dr. Dillamond. And departed the company on August 6, 2006, after almost three years with the show. And he is the co-creator of Behind the Emerald Curtain, that little um, YouTube series I was referencing. He created that, a behind-the-scenes tour of Wicked. And he would return to Wicked for a brief stint in February, March 2012. Um, He would reprise his role as the witch's father. So he went back to the ensemble. Isn't this wild? Like, are you dying? As he was returning to Understudy the Wizard and Dr. Dillman. He would cover for vacationing cast members. Um, He returned to play the same track again in May 2013, again on a vacation holiday. So he's been in and out of Wicked for about 10 years. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I don't think he... Has anything to do with it now? Maybe we'll meet him at the Oz Dust Ballroom at BroadwayCon. That would be iconic. Ah! He lives in South Orange, New Jersey, with his wife and his two daughters. Um, Love it. And that's that's pretty much it. And he's got a sweet little television career as well. So that is Sean. Cool relationship with Wicked. Actually, I think he might have one of the longest runs in Wicked too. And playing all these different characters, yeah. like how cool? That's awesome. Okay. Next to present, Christy Candler. She is an American actress. She was in the ensemble of Aida, so maybe she worked with Idina Menzel prior to this. Oh, cool! She was um, the understudy for Nessa Rose and would also take over for a little bit. Um, She also was in Chicago on Broadway. She did Rock of Ages as well. She feels like fierce dancer. I am your understudy. I can sing like she is giving you triple threat energy um y'all yes. and she's best and it says she's best known for her performances in wicked um originating the role of melina thropp here and later playing the role of nessa rose which is so cool that she got to go on and oh, do that, cool. a I bit love about when that happens. and she has awesome. um lots of it's noted here on the wicked Wait! Oh my gosh, this wiki is called the Golden Throats wiki. I don't even know what this is, but she's on what this. What does that even mean? <laughs> they what? know all of her solo lines. She has solos in uh, "Dancing <laughs> Through Life."
1: Oh, I love me. that I'm this sorry.
0: exists. Yeah, they know. They know her solo lines. They have where she had them as Nessa and where she had them as um, her ensemble track, um, which of course includes the Molina lines. So great. So that's a little bit on Christy. And then I have to save Jan uh, Nurberger. I think that's how you say your name New- yeah. her name for last. Because her website is boomergirl.net. Her website is boomergirl.net. That is her website. This is um from Florida rep. She lives in Florida now. She's retired. Okay. She's not retired. She's very active but i feel like she has in the like you know her elder chapters of her yeah. career she's in florida this is from a florida rep this is her bio during importance of being earnest so she is a veteran actor of 48 years and counting um it says of course she was original cast 48 member of <laughs> wicked i know she was in she was a original cast member of dr seuss's how the grinch stole christmas which i would be a replacement Aww. for down the line she was in big original cast a change in the hair and the 1974 revival of Gypsy. Um, she's an extensive Yum. off-Broadway, regional, and stock production career. Lots of tours, a couple of films, concerts at Royal Albert and Carnegie Hall, um, and yeah, she set up shop in Florida. Um, and she's been all over the state doing regional productions, which is also cool. And she like loves Florida so rap. That's like where that's where <laughs> she's at. Um, She's also been in a few Hallmark Channel movies. I love it. Um, which was shot in her adoptive hometown of St. Petersburg. So that's where she's based, which is super cool. But if you click her website, boomergirl.net, she is so cute. I'm <gasps> <dead at it. laughs> I'm just dead at it. It's just so cute. It says here, what's next? I'm not sure, but I strongly believe that my gift for written and spoken expression will play an important role in whatever avenues will be will open before me i feel her on this because this is what i want to do oh my god there's a picture of her and nathan lane her as hold me touch me i think with nathan lane i'm dead i look forward with great anticipation to the adventure please explore this site you'll discover for one thing why i've chosen boomer girl for my domain name discovery it's what exploration is all about isn't it i'm dead i her. obsessed i'm obsessed i want so to that's be this boomer <laughs> Boomergirl.net. Um, <laughs> Can you hit us with their bios in the original playbill? Yeah. Okay.
1: So you said Sean McCourt is the witch's father, yes. right?
0: Yes.
1: Uh, witch's father, Ozzie official, wizard, Dillamond, understudy, original, Dr. Parker and Batboy, Broadway, Titanic, It Ain't Nothing But the Blues, Helen hayes nom. Other off-Broadway, A Man of No Importance, The Castle, Woody Guthrie's, American Song, TV, Law and Order, of course, Criminal Intent, Ed, All My Children. Sean wrote the score for the independent feature, Let It Snow, and co-wrote the musicals, 10 Years Apart, Galileo's Telescope, 10 Birthdays, and Last Romeo, www.seanmccourt.com. We got to check out his website. (laughs) Is it still there? Um... Christy Candler, which is mother, Nessa Rose, Understudy, is proud to be part of Wicked, B-Way, Aida, Off-Broadway, Girls Town, as Vita, Workshops, Urban Cowboy, Dirty Dancing, Finian's Rainbow, various independent films and commercials, graduate of Idlewild School of Music and the Arts, BFA from Loyola Marymount University. Thanks, Mom. oh. Jan Newberger, midwife, Morrible understudy, Broadway debut. Is she the
0: Morrible understudy? Yeah, that makes sense. I wonder if she played it. I hope so.
1: Broadway debut, nineteen seventy four, in the first revival of Gypsy. Ah, she wrote (laughs) (laughs) everything but the kitchen sink. Since then, dot dot dot. Last on Broadway Last. Everything about the kitchen sink. Last on Broadway is Miss Watson and Big. Last off Broadway as Mistress Quickly and Henry the Fourth, One and Two. Author lyricist of Boomer Girl, a one middle-aged woman show.
0: Oh my god! When I did Big in my in my um sweet little community theater with children called Kids on Stage, I was Miss Watson. That just came. Back. I feel like I totally tried have like a. A connection.
1: Get production on and the I'm, line.
0: That was my solo. It I literally won. sounded like, Get
1: production on your own nose. <laughs> Get production on the line.
0: I went like to it. like that. Be friends. I love oh that. my gosh. She's amazing. Well, that's so fantastic. Okay. We, yeah, those, so, are, yeah, those um, are our featured ensemble players that come out in this little backstory scene. And like mm-hmm. Jan is, of course, going to play a midwife that is an, it says in the script, like some kind of animal, which is interesting. Cause I was like, yeah, is she says a maybe a goat. Yeah. Yes. She comes up after the whole little dance, which we, we talked about how much we love the music for this. It's so perfect. Yeah. The dance is so the swift. lover. It's so good. Yeah. The lover. And I, I love that the mystery stays in this mm-hmm. stays in the script. They do kiss. He sinks into yes. a trap in the floor. He disappears and I she turns it. around and she has a nice pregnant belly which I don't Rink. know how they do
1: that it's gotta be yeah I've, sh- I've kind of seen it I don't know the done. technicalities it's really like a pull like she pulls something and it just I or it's like that and I was like, Purrink.
0: yeah I wonder what it is yeah. that's going out to create the bump but yeah there's like a sweet little bump it looks she almost has, like then- inflatable, like a balloon <laughs> it's like an inflating thing right and we're right into the pregnancy. We're right into labor. And then yes. we have the iconic singing back and forth between the witch's father and the midwife. And it's just amazing that they're saying what they could it's see. So and then good. it all turns sour very, very soon. And like poor, like witch's mother is like, what is it? What's wrong? Like, it doesn't ever yeah, get answered really, really. part of it. Because they're it's in really shock. Like, she's totally end. disconnected. Yeah. Like, if you really like break this down and look at it by itself, it's like really sad that she's just like. Winded, she just gave birth. Yeah, she just gave birth, and she is confused to what's going on. And the father's reaction is so one shade of disdain, right out. Take of the it away. Like he says, he yeah, he says it's obscene. I mean, the it's obscene is so iconic <laughs> it's <obscene>. as well. <laughs> and then the green, the 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 like big <laughs> the unison green is so intense. And he says, yeah, like you said, he says, take it away right away. And then this and is like really that. Yeah. No one more. the Yeah. Like she says it. Yeah. She says it couldn't have been easy. So you see, it couldn't have been easy. And it says here oh. in the script, the crowd sings empathetically, which I find to be interesting. Like they're like, oh. oh, it says emphatically. Sorry to oh. sorry to burst your bubble.
1: I know. I wish it was empathetically. Oh. Emphatically, oh
0: my emphatically God, that kind of just everything. like
1: everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to, yeah. Oh my god! No, I'm so that, would cool. I was like, that would be cool. That would be cool. I was like, was I don't,
0: empathy. I don't feel the empathy, but I was like, it's interesting that it's noted because it, I would, want, I think that it would be interesting to see them I question know. a little bit. But here's yeah, something um, that I've never thought about from this moment: the midwife holds her and hugs her closer, and she's an animal, a capital A animal, and like that's the first creature oh my to gosh. love her. And like I've never thought about that. Like the dad, like is out, and Melina is just exhausted, so she's not even. We don't even know anything. Like Melina, such a like. That's again, like um, what we've been saying. Like the ensemble is like one paint. Like Melina is kind of hoe is a hoe, and that's all we know. You know what I mean? (laughs) She's she is a hoe, and that's all we know. The midwife is a little bit more just like exasperated because she's never seen this before, but she chooses to hold the baby closer to her. Wow, it's a little like and gerber baby green baby doll that's what it looks like that comes up this
1: baby this like puppet baby is my everything i have to say
0: it's so funny it gets laughs it always gets laughs it, when it comes gets out. like uncomfortable
1: pet. yeah it's like laugh yeah or which like, I find. whoa i
0: think it's because it's a sweet it's a little doll baby? that's why it gets yeah it's a green baby and they're like
1: ew but you're right. That's a very never, important moment to note about the midwife holding her.
0: I've never noted that because also the musical yeah. does this so well. And I think they even do this better than Gregory is they introduce animals in the past as being normal citizens, right? This is a goat as a midwife. It's clear that they're ha- fine to work with her, right? <laughs> she has a job. Yeah. There's, she has a job there. It's integrated yeah. society that we're seeing. And that's going to change Back as we in the fast day. forward. Right. Right. right yeah and like so that's I think this is actually better this is done better in the musical and I'm so sad that I thought it was empathetically I'm so sad I, thought I that know it was empathetically.
1: I hated to burst your bubble they
0: are actually like it. just beating on the head yeah they oh, actually are God. like
1: no she is wicked <laughs> oh
0: no I'm so sad
1: <laughs> oh I know I felt horrible But I do love the- Oh, but I'm um, glad you you
0: burst my Glinda bubble.
1: I couldn't have- I know how you get with your theories and your through lines. So I was like, oh no, she's going to like carry that through the whole
0: musical. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I can't let her do that. (laughs) I actually, if I directed this, I would love to maybe see a little like questioning from the ensemble after they heard that. Because then it's like, why did she tell the ensemble if they don't change? Um, the ensemble I know. sucks. They're, like, birds. Yeah. They're, <laughs> like, kill the bees. The ensemble. No, they're, like, yeah. in energy. The ensemble is very I've,
1: talented. I've never really thought about, yeah, like. They're just goodness-nosing. It's just based It's just Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I think it really is, obviously, a huge part of Wicked is, like, what it looks like externally, what you're supposed to do in society, you know. Fit. Maybe they're supposed to be just, like, this blob that doesn't think for themselves, you know, and alphabet does. And look what happened. Um, So I've always taken it that way as like they are a little bit soulless. And if they did actually have a lot of empathy, then why would we be having this
0: story? You know? Um, You're right. You're so right. And like, no one, like, what is so fascinating is like goodness is they're trying to define wicked, but they're not defining good, which they keep using here. You know what I mean? Like the goodness knows they keep repeating. But I'm goodness like, what does goodness knows. know? Like, what is yeah. goodness? What does it mean to be good? Just do as you're told. Yeah. Right? What you just exactly. said is what they're actually exactly. doing. So actually, that that makes a lot of sense. And I will presence. Um, there is really good quality. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel a little, <laughs> um, like, I don't know, scandalous, like talking about YouTube scandalous. bootlegs. But it's like, we all know they're we're out gonna, there.
1: We're so going to be talking about yeah. It.
0: There's a high quality one of Katie Rose Clark, as I was talking before. And I oh. really appreciate her internal struggle on the goodness knows, like on the mm. desk camp. Like, I really appreciate seeing her like, like have little moments that are so Bad tiny. It, yeah, it's really, it's really, really. That's well a big moment. Yeah. Part. When she's like yeah. doing that really high kind of
1: echo and thing. She's wanting. There's a lot. She's wanting to she go back to Going
0: through your mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And she wants to go back up. She wants to get out of here. But of course, we're going to know that's not going to happen in our next scene that we get to.
1: And we do get, I really just want to say, it'll get rude. I love that our final picture is like, she does ascend, right? And she's above. And we see the ensemble. And then we see the witch silhouette. I really like the witch silhouette. And I don't even think I noticed it till like my second or third time seeing a kid, to be honest. I've never noticed it. I've never noticed it. She's kind of just looming. And I think that. Gives us an into like in we see a little bit into Glinda's mind the
0: fact that the yeah, ensemble she can't has, see yeah. her. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. And like Glinda kind of has to represent Alphaba too because Alphaba can't. Yeah, like yeah, it's the whole who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Like Glinda kind of <laughs> has to do that for Alphaba. One hundred mm. percent. So it's, it's a, a cool beautiful way to start a musical opening
1: scene. Um. I did just want to
0: throw out there and too. Like, I love it. So musical theater. It's so musical theater. Oh, like, it's
1: so musical, musical theater. theater <laughs> it. No, it is the most theater of the, like they're already doing flashbacks. They're giving us different time, you know, zone time, time. We era. have different
0: genres. Yeah. We, we, have, have, genres. we have different <laughs> music,
1: like all these crazy costumes, the lighting. Um, and I did, I wanted to say, um, just cause I freaking love the bubble and how it works. Like, I think it's so fascinating. Um, and Eugene kind of has mentioned, like, it's sort of become lore. He doesn't even know how it was designed and, like, how it came about. Um, but he, he's like, I think it was actually Joe who thought of using actual bubbles, like, coming out of it. But it was Lee's idea to have the giant so bubble machine. look like some sort of, like, mechanical, mechanical conveyance and to sort of represent a pendulum of a clock. And... The Grimberry also points yeah. out like don't worry all the glindas are like strapped in like they're safe <laughs> cuz i would actually be a little freaked Unlike out like the girls
0: like, in over the rainbow Unlike like yeah, the girls know, in over the rainbow it always so comes just back to onto a strap and they have their little feet these crossed
1: <laughs> They're like glinda just hold on well tara oh, i have God, no. a question for you okay. to sort of end us um in the first scene it's a little like I was debating if I should ask this or how I want to ask this because it's a little bit heavy, but I feel like it is, our musical
0: sort of starts off in a heavier place, right? Yeah. There's no real, there's no real ignoring that. Yeah. So when- <laughs> Also, wait, hold on, hold on. I have to share this. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Kristen Chenoweth has been confirmed to be in the UK for the last couple of weeks. Oh. Yeah. <gasps> We're getting I'm live guessing, updates. I'm guessing she's gonna be in the film and so is Adina. Like there's been like little hints <gasps> on the social medias of them okay. responding to certain things. Our friends of the Oz Archive and the Oz vlog are doing an excellent dog, job documenting this. Only thing <laughs> we have to now know is we have the actors um, union for screen. Screen Actors Guild is right. on strike. So our Wicked our is strike. stopping filming. Yeah. So Shoot. I don't know what that's gonna mean for everything moving forward, this strike is so necessary. It's it is beyond yeah. necessary. Y'all, yeah. these executives have said things on record of like, we will maybe consider things when people start losing their homes. How effing dare you? Bob these people Iger who have millions and billions. Of, they need I don't to know ask to for less.
1: <laughs> well, he, he the same. Bob Iger. Saying, no, I'm sorry. They're asking for too much. <laughs> whereas he makes like $45 million a year or something.
0: Yeah. It's like, you don't need that much money. All of you, you all don't need that much money. I feel like it's just like, it's absolutely insane. So this strike is for the people who are actually creating the work to uh, get compensated fairly, not the people who press play on it or just to share it. Like it should be, it should be equally distributed. This is all collaborative. Right. And Mm -hmm. the, what they have suggested back is absolutely insane. It's actually worse like, it's, it's even worse. So, just wanted to presence that, yeah. like, that Wicked is going to be stopping filming. So, we don't know what that's going to do to the movie coming out. It's probably going to delay it because this strike is probably, probably. going to be ugly and go on for a while. It's already pretty ugly, but it's the, the first time yeah. in decades. The writers are still going on. We're joining them. Like, that's, yeah. this is, yeah, this is like in tandem. But I think, I mean, I'm not a sad yeah. actor. I, i'm not a sag after actor but i also feel like i could say weird just because i would be in that
1: yeah but, yeah yeah it's similar it yes yeah. yeah
0: yeah i i also think <sighs> actors equity should look at this too like but we need to be a stronger union we're not that a good union. patty lapone yeah. has said i'm going to quote her again Patty is said the union is actors equity she is and out. she's not wrong
1: <laughs> no more i mean goodbye uh, well thank you for Bet presencing who? that and that's very exciting about Kristen, i mean i guess we'll see how that unfolds with all everything going on. But um, the question I was marinating on, because this song is connected to Ding Dong, the witch is dead. It's like honestly celebrating somebody's demise. Is it ever acceptable (laughs) and appropriate to celebrate? We don't have to say someone's death. That's kind of intense, but like, I don't know if you want to take it there or somebody's downfall. When is it? Appropriate.
0: I mean, I feel like you know, just a light, light question. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it is true. Like, when is it appropriate to celebrate the death of someone? um I don't know if there isn't. I don't know if appropriate will ever be the thing. Because, but like, right. I I, I don't know. I, I I but if these people are truly monsters on this planet, then. Yeah, you can celebrate because if that means that you're a little bit freer or you could sleep a little bit easier. <laughs> okay. Right. Like I think of like Saddam Hussein, I think about like yeah. those moments and, you know, um, Osama bin Laden, like I think of those moments. Um, yeah, But also like so much of these demises are on the media and that's always like a big thing to just like hold us truth, right? Um, I'm trying to think of the- I've ever felt – wanting to celebrate the demise of someone. I'm not gonna lie. I'll be shady. Here we go. Here we go. I not that I'm celebrating this. I'm not singing. But I'm I just think (laughs) this YouTube culture, this Miranda Sings thing that's been going on, I've kind of paid attention Mm. to a little bit because I did used to like watch her videos when I was in college myself she's only i think two years older than me if you know who miranda sings is she's like a famous youtuber for singing off key and flat she's one of the first youtube like (laughs) sensations who got a netflix deal based off of her ideal i have always been really disturbed by some of her videos because it's like crossing lines and also like i don't know who she's talking to like I'm like, we're not friends. Like, I don't know. Like, like, it just feels weird. Like this whole digital age that we now really much, we very much exist in just feels weird and not real. And there's so much that's been coming up on how she interacted with fans who are like underage. That's like very questionable. And now that I'm celebrating her end, I think we need to be talking about like boundaries (laughs) (laughs) like...
1: Um, yeah. mental
0: illness, yeah. mental illness on YouTube or just like mental, like health things, getting fu- muddying up interactions between digital creators and their audiences. Cause I think that's a lot of what we're seeing here is people just not yeah. know, not knowing how to do this. Right. Um, and messing yeah, up, what and not boundaries? knowing how to take yeah. accountability. Yeah. Like what are the boundaries? I mean, if you saw her apology video, that was not it. That was not an apology it was like a weird ukulele song she took too long right to um it was very cringy cringey, but it's also like who the f cares like I, like my husband will say who cares about this i was like right like i mean i don't yeah, really know what this is happening. for it's also happening yeah. i don't know what yeah it's like we're not talking about anything serious like she's a youtuber who cre- created content <laughs> for us to laugh at the end of the day but now it's like what? right
1: now it got to a weird place yeah yeah i
0: just will say like i watched one video of her uh, forever ago because you and i were on tour behind her and like so we would like come into venues she would just Uh, oh yeah like her posters would would. would be everywhere so i remember like going on youtube and like watching something and it felt so inappropriate like it just felt weird like how Mm. she talked to the audience and like, she was like weeping in the video. And I felt like this is a mm-hmm. private moment that I don't know if you should share here because the internet is insane. Like, I don't want mm-hmm. you to share this here. You know, right, like, the like, internet is the, insane. Okay? Place.
1: Maybe yeah. this isn't the uh, space. Yeah. I don't know. So it sounds like you're but, kind of, you're like, it's okay to maybe see this as a positive for this person that maybe you should take a step back. Like, Oh Yeah. Take a step back. I support, I support like you having to face these questions about boundaries that you have with your viewers and stuff. Yeah. It's yeah and like, I,
0: I also think of like Harry and Megan, bless them. I do love them. Like, I think that they're fun and I've watched their documentary, but bless them. Like they are just trying to make money off of nothing right now. Like, like do something real. Like you guys have had like, you know what I mean? Like, you know not I mean? Like, it's like, they're, they're just in privileged culture. And it's so hard to sometimes just be like, you guys aren't yeah. really struggling though. Like, right. Right. <laughs> like, right. it's just hard to see people like that just consistently like own narratives. And I'm just like, I don't know this. What, how does this connect to what you asked me though? Cause it like, it did in my head. No, no, I it, it's or people just want mental. to go away. Like, I'm just like, go just away. Just go away. I don't need to hear you, anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what it is. It's like, I don't yeah. need you to be like dominating my media or news because, like, yeah, I don't think you have yeah. anything new to say. And I don't think you're actually. <laughs> I need you like, to
1: take a step back.
0: Yeah. Like, Harry, I love you, but I really think, like, if you were you born like, in Middlesex, New Jersey with me, if you were born in Middlesex, New Jersey with me, you'd be a frat boy. And, like, that would have been that. Like, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yes, I see what you're saying. I love it. I think I, I took it as like, yeah, I don't know if I could, uh, it's so hard. Like, I don't think I could really celebrate somebody, somebody dying. That feels really no. weird. Uh, but then I think of moments like when Hitler, you know, it's like, well, oh yeah. so that, that was
0: you know, a like moment. a very
1: awkward yes. gray area. Like, like, I think you can hold both, but also be like, yeah, you have caused so much pain. Like, please go away. Um I would never like wish death on anybody. Um I think I Maybe also take that, it as, like Maybe not though.
0: Maybe Hillary.
1: I, I would wish I know. on I know. Right? Like that's if we're talking wicked, you know, like yeah. So anyway, I didn't, I didn't I felt weird taking it to that place, but like that's what we're talking about. So, um I also just see it as like Yeah, people who really have caused harm where you're like, "Okay, you you know, I, I felt really conflicted when I did jury duty. Like I firmly believed yes. that <sighs> the defendant, you know, had committed the crime and mm-hmm. they did end up going to to prison. And it was like a sad moment. Cause it's like, okay, I don't want to see this happen. Like you're obviously struggling with your mental health, but also you really caused a lot of harm and I don't want to see it happen again, you know? So yep. It's that it's that weird line of holding both,
0: well, yeah, like celebrating justice. I guess is what we're celebrating also talking justice. About. Exactly, we're talking yeah, about like if justice I think, I think was yeah. served. Yeah, like it, yeah, it is. Weird, it is. Though, it's, just, yeah, yeah. Weird to serve justice by serving death. I honestly think. I know. I know. Punishment by life in solitude is way worse. I know. It's <laughs> it might be worse. Yeah, it might be worse. Yeah. Well, leaving on a high. Thanks for answering that question.
1: (laughs) No one likes that. I just thought it was interesting. Because they're literally like, yay, she died. And it's like, I love that
0: I I talked about Harry and Meghan, though. Like, that's where I (laughs) went.
1: I mean, there's so many ways you could take it, you know? So, this was an amazing first musical episode.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I just think sometimes it's always like, who's in charge of the microphones in our society? Do Are they worthy of it?
1: I don't, it's, I know. Really they're
0: just, they're just working people. to rep they're the people. Demons. Right. Or, or like, are they working to rep the people? Or are they doing this for their ego? Like, I don't know. Like, I like, yeah, these like CEOs of these streaming companies, like, I'm like, y'all don't need more money. You have like 18 houses. No. There are yeah. people who in this world who can't feed themselves. Does that not bother I know. you? I know. Like, I, know. I don't understand how that doesn't bother you when you can have so much and some people could have so little. And I'm sorry, like, like, that is not like, why wouldn't you want to help that? I, I just don't get it. Yeah,
1: I don't get it. Um. It's greed and capitalism and years and years of yeah. Well, I'll make this decision. I can I can fudge this, and then you fudge more and more and more and more until you can't feel your values anymore. The fudge, the
0: fudge, the fudge. I it's hate, the fudge. Speaking of fudge, I ate so much fudge <laughs> in New Hampshire. It's just in New Hampshire, and I like made I'm my like last.
1: <laughs> I bet I bet it did. is
0: <laughs> not good if you have too much of it.
1: You got to watch out. Well, on that note. Capitalist thank you, squash. listeners, for Goodbye joining. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you for some Wizard and I very soon.
0: Is that next?
1: Thank you so much for listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod. We love linking
0: arms with listeners like you. Another special thank you to our Patreon pod squad members who have become our Bellina soup for the soul. Do you get it? And Oz family all across the globe. Consider joining us for as low as $3 a month patreon linked in show notes more tiers and perks coming soon you can
1: also find us over on ig at down the yellow brick pod and someday TikTok and dropping good trouble witch merch like it's hot on our etsy shop all links below shout out to our logo designer maddie frank for helping us make
0: oz nerddom fashion we'd like to dedicate this season to the late great co-host drew of a neighboring podcast of slippers and spindles whose fairy tale enthusiasm always inspired ours blessed to have connected on oz and wicket and to have known you drew and lastly if you are feeling the
1: pod and haven't already consider leaving us an apple review it truly makes our day Each review also equals an entry into our big blowout end of the season giveaway. You won't want to miss this one, which will be completely
0: swankified. As always, all previous reviews will also be considered in our entries. We got you, boo. See you over the rainbow soon. In a clock tick.